Hello, hello. What's up, Tom? Goes it. There it goes. There it goes. Hey, something's going on with your mic, dude. You sound really far. Um, they're not. Yeah, because you usually you sound like you're in the room with us. <laughs> Is it any better now or just one second? No. That's weird. I wonder yeah. if it's on our end though. Oh, What's no, our it's not. Um just one second. Okay. Okay. How do I sound now? Uh, much better. You sound like Tony. Do you know what's crazy? Do you know what works a lot better? Huh? Plugging the microphone in. Oh, yeah. Plugging the mic in definitely helps. (laughs) It was actually, it was using my Bluetooth headphones, microphone, and speakers. Oh, um, God. Because with my new laptop, it doesn't have an actual USB port. It has the USB-C one. So I've got an extender that has like four or five USB ports. Mm-hmm. And when I set everything up, I never set up the microphone until the very last minute because um, I just don't like having it plugged in when I'm just wandering around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I didn't plug it in. That makes sense. That makes a lot, lot of sense. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a stupid thing to do, but it makes sense why it didn't work. Why it was, why it sounded funny. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to shut the door. Yeah. No worries. Well, Malcolm kept coming in and out and I was like, it doesn't really matter <clears throat> before we record. Right. Yeah. What are you doing? Oh, I made you self-conscious. Yeah. Well, no, because I noticed in the one thing actually is funny because you asked about our last recording on the roundtable or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I did notice is there was like this weird like background noise, like especially like towards the end. And I couldn't figure out what it was until I remembered that every once in a while, like I'll look over at you and you do this. Oh, yeah. And you fidget with this, and I can hear it. It yeah. plays it back in the mic. So I know you need does. something else to fidget with. <laughs> Get a pencil. Get a pencil. Bingo. <laughs> uh, just one second. I'm going to open the door again because now he's crying because I closed the door and he didn't get to see me before I did. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, do it. Can't do that. Hey, buddy. You want to come see Rick and Karina? Come on in. Hey, Malcolm. Say hi. Hi, Malcolm. Hi. Hi. Yeah. What's up, little dude? You want to hear them? Here. Hey, Hi. buddy. Now you're you're a better member of the podcast than I am. You ready to talk the challenge? You ready to meet Sarah? <laughs> it was all just a trick to steal my pen. Right? <laughs> That's yeah. really all it was. Okay, yeah. bye, Dad. <laughs> yeah. It's a ploy. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? You want to be back up? Okay. Like, you're not allowed to kick me off the podcast, Dad. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, hey, I, I'm officially a member now. They yeah. said it. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, if I can't watch Bluey, then I'm going to watch these two. <laughs> yeah, it's like the same thing. He's wearing blue. Right. It's true. <laughs> oh, Here's a good question. Guy. Hmm. How easily does that pick up? Oh, the baby crying? Oh, we can yeah. hear it, but. It won't be a big deal because your mic is normally pretty loud. So I'm usually able to set your auto gate around like. 29 decibels so anything cool. that's not at least 29 decibels gets automatically closed out so yeah and i Makes highly sense. doubt him crying in the background will be higher than 29 decibels so <laughs> not yet yeah, yeah. right <laughs> we'll get there. i mean don't try him right <laughs> let's not let's not test this theory <laughs> it's like ivan sometimes like he's just like meow and i'm like oh that'll go away and then he does like the big like meow and i'm yeah. like oh that's gonna stick <laughs> That's not going away. Yeah, that's that's in the podcast now. <laughs> well, it's always funny, too, because like I'll hear Ivan, but then I won't be 100 percent sure that it is Ivan mm-hmm. and not one of my cats. Yeah. 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 
same. I'll hear your cat every once in a while. I'll be like, is that, where is he? Where's the cat? Where's the cat at? Oh, yep. never mind. He's sleeping. Well, that was like, when we were talking to Jordan, was it Luke that was in the background? Yeah. 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 So I kept thinking that it was Malcolm. Yep. Because he he was due to get up from the, his nap roughly around the time that we were starting with Jordan. Right, right. And the entire time I kept like taking off one headphone to check. <laughs> there was one there was one time where I don't remember who we were interviewing. Um but it was like around this time and I think Malcolm was like getting ready to go to bed for the night or yeah. whatever. And I kept hearing like crying like in the like just faintly in the background. I was like, is that Luke or is that Malcolm? Like <laughs> I don't know whose child that is. <laughs> oh man. I'm so excited to talk to Sarah. Like same. Well, and now same. I feel like now I feel like an asshole because like all day I'm or like all week really, I was like, I don't need to take notes for Sarah. I don't need to research for Sarah. Like I know what I want to talk to Sarah about, you know? And then, like, as soon as we started, like, we got everything set up, and then we went to sit outside for a minute, and I started thinking about it, and all of a sudden, everything was, like, poof, gone, and I'm, like, I don't know what to say to Sarah. <laughs> what am I supposed to talk about with her? Like, I don't even fucking know anymore what I planned on talking to her about. Right. I should have written all this down, damn it, because <laughs> now I don't remember none of it, but I'm excited. This will be a good one. Same. I'm, you know, it's goat conversation. Well, not only that, but, like, she has her own podcast, so, like... She she's, knows how to like have a conversation and talk. She's gonna critique us. Oh god! <laughs> we'll be the topic on the next episode of Brain Candy. It, these how, fucking nut jobs. These, <laughs> <laughs> these idiots who don't know what they're doing. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm excited about this uh, just because she. Not that everybody that we talk to isn't so much more than the challenge. Yeah, but. You know, she's got a lot of things that I find very interesting that she does outside of being on TV. So it'll be a fun yeah. conversation. There's a lot of shit that she does. Yeah. Like she does a lot of stuff and she's into a lot of stuff, too. And that's really cool. Like it was just and it was funny, too, because like I literally Tony, you and I were talking this morning about um, like, you know, different things that we've noticed that she's into, like antiques and whatever. Yeah. And you know, how she, how, how she has all these like awesome hobbies and stuff. And then like, I turn around and I hopped onto Instagram and like the first video right there was Sarah, like, you know, little clips of her out doing like, you know, mountain climbing and like bike riding and like all these different like hobbies and shit that she does. And it's just like, yeah. I was like, dude, I'm so excited to talk to you. Oh and like, uh, and Kendall had commented on that one as well, because it was, uh, she had said to, to comment below with emojis that represent your favorite hobbies. Mm -hmm. And then like Kendall had commented with like a million of them, like yoga and nursing and singing and fishing and like puzzles and travel and everything else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I would do a puzzle with Sarah, like a, like a jigsaw puzzle that we could work on together. I don't, I don't want to go against her or anything. Hell no. I don't want, I don't want to like race her in like a puzzle or anything like, we could be on the same team. It's like, saying, same you know, it's like saying, you know what I want to do for fun? Do a hall brawl with Marlon. <laughs> no, I'm cool. That's I'll be on your team in a hall brawl. <laughs> Going against Nani. <laughs> See, I wasn't talking be... for Karina. I was talking for myself. <laughs> here's a great, here's a great puzzle competition. Legitimately have like a head to head puzzle, but it's actually like a 500 piece jigsaw puzzle. That would be crazy. Yeah. Like that would I mean, be obviously it would take forever, but 
I mean, but really, though, that's how Survivor does it. Like, if you think about it, all their little puzzles are just jigsaw puzzles. Yep. 3D, 3D jigsaw puzzles. And some of them have, you know, like different geometric shapes, but they're just 3D jigsaw puzzles. I'm like, why can't we do shit like that? Mind you, vertical? Yeah, those are. I don't want to do a vertical puzzle. No, I'm cool off that. It's way too difficult. And the circle ones, that's yeah. tough because mm. then you don't really have any like sharp, like you don't have the corners. And that's that's the first thing you do on a puzzle in a jigsaw. Well, you put the corners down like, yeah. you know. Have you guys seen the tree one on Survivor yet? Like out of the seasons that you've watched? They basically, so. they get the, the trunk and they have to put all of the different pieces of the tree together. And no. it's like a vertical puzzle. I haven't seen that one, but the one that I did see that I like, I think it was actually from, maybe it was from Jay's season. I don't know, but it was a vertical fish. Yes. Like, that thing was freaking insane, and it was so huge, and it was so many different colors. It was like one of those, like, multicolored fish, and, like, that thing was insane. That puzzle was crazy. You know which one I really like is from Big Brother? Where it's a tree like that, but you have to balance the branches. Oh, yeah. With a okay. different weight. Yeah. And it's like you'll have one branch and it'll have like three branches of weights off of it. And you have to try to figure out. And then the other side's just like that. And you have to get it all set up just right. And it usually yeah. takes a person a good 20 minutes to get it done on average. Yeah. Maybe a little bit less. But it's still, you know, an exciting enough puzzle because people are running around rushing trying to beat the other person. You know what I mean? Well, so. and like somebody will get like two of the layers like perfectly even with the weight and then they'll go put the weight to go to do the weight on the top one and it just all falls because they had them set up the wrong way. And it's yeah. like, oh, you got to start over. My <laughs> my dream is to see Devin and Tyson on the same season of a thing. Doesn't matter what, because when they do the run throughs with probes on Survivor, uh-huh. Tyson is always the one that finds the loophole. Yeah. <gasps> Oh my gosh. Wow, that's a really professional photo. That is. Hello there. Howdy. Hi, Sarah. Hi, guys. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. fantastic. Doing good. I just want to say off top, you have the best audio setup of anyone we've talked to so far. Yes. Well, as the podcast host, I should. <laughs> right? I'm very excited to edit this now. I'm not even using the branded brain candy one that I have to. <laughs> oh, oh my God. That's, God I, that's... Need, I need one of those. Oh gosh. I want one. <laughs> right, I we'll want see. one of those. <laughs> well, Sarah, we want to thank you so much for joining on. My name's Ricky Hayes. Uh, this is my wife, Karina. Uh, and nice. then we have Tony, uh, he's our other co-host, Tony Lance. He's uh, joining us from Nova Scotia. Oh, cool. Uh, we're yeah. actually out of Reno, Nevada. And then we have one more co-host. He got stuck at work. He'll join on a little bit later. He is a huge fan of yours. His name's Josh. Um, and he did not want to miss this opportunity to be able to ask you a couple questions. But oh, cool. Looking uh, forward to meeting him as well. <laughs> well, like we said, thank you so much for joining on yeah. and uh, giving us some of your time to hop on with us. Um, we really do appreciate it. We're all big fans. Um, kind of a backstory. You say that to all the challengers. <laughs> that is true. I do say yeah. that, but Come I am a general, f- I am a general fan because I do understand it's a TV show at the end of the day. And that's yeah. not who you are as a person, right? Fair. 
to a degree, at least. Close, yeah. Close, yeah. yeah. At least in me, maybe yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but you actually hold a special place because um, I didn't watch the challenge at all until I met Karina, and mm -hmm. we were hanging out one night, and she's like, "We have to watch my show," and I was like, "Okay." And we sit down watching. It was your season. It was Rivals Three, unfortunately, but mm -hmm. it got me into the season, and I was a big fan. Why, of Why, unfortunately? Because I think you got the money taken from you and you shouldn't have. Yeah. I think there was a lot of uh, circumstances that led to that that aren't fair as yeah. well. Yeah. Like the Adderall? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. That's, that's like the cheating? Yeah. yeah cheating. Yeah. That's pretty much <laughs> it. Yeah. In a nutshell. Yeah. Um, so, but that's the season that got me into the show. And now where you do a podcast like seven years go. later. So here we yeah. are. Um, so I just wanted to share that I'm fangirling out a little bit. So I'm going to let you kind of <laughs> cool. take over. Um, yeah. So pretty much what we like to do here, um, we know that there's like a bazillion, you know, fan podcasts and stuff like that. Um, but what we started to notice is that a lot of the time the focus is really heavily on like your time on the challenge and what happened on the challenge and mm -hmm. all of this stuff. And it's doesn't ever really focus on who you are as a person, which is what we really like to try to do, which is why we call it challengers unplugged. Um, so we will talk about the challenge and we'll, you know, um, talk about your time and the, all the amazing things that you accomplished on the show. Um, but what we're really going to focus heavy on is you and who you are as a person. I happen to be an expert in that. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so if there's anything that we ask or we say or anything that comes up that you're like, that can't be out or I don't want to talk about that or whatever, just let us know. Um, we're not here for tea or anything crazy like that. We just like to, like I said, kind of help shine a different kind of light on who you guys are oh, more than yeah. what, you know, MTV edits give us. Yeah. We need a little more of that. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the thing is, like, I think people forget that you guys are, I, I mean, I know times change as far as how long you guys were on season, but anywhere from a month to two months, three months is what mm -hmm. we're hearing now. Mm -hmm. um, and out of all that time, we get a compression of about 17 hours of video, and you might be in 10 minutes of that, right? Yeah. Right. So... Uh, this is a way to kind of open up and let the fans know more about who you are as a person. And it kind of leads me into my first question, which was before reality TV, before any of that, what did Sarah Rice want to be when she grew up? Uh, Sarah Rice always wanted to be a therapist. Uh, so I was already doing work as a counselor for like a peer counselor. And I worked as a counselor at a summer camp. So I was, where I kind of started doing a little more of the mental health support and, um, you know, kind of being there as needed to talk to kids who were having a difficult time. And so I always knew that was what I wanted to go into. Um, I feel like the challenge and uh, being on the real world kind of fast tracked that. I originally went to school for criminology and then decided realized that I wanted to help the victims, not the perpetrators or, or go up, help the victims, not go after the perpetrators. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I switched to psychology. I, I was psychology with a criminology minor, and then I switched to psychology and then got my master's in marriage and family therapy and uh, became a therapist. So yeah, I was, I, it's always what I wanted to do. And I, before I went on the show, was also an advocate for survivors of sexual abuse and sexual assault. 
And so I thought that my specialty as I got into the field was going to be working with survivors. And I have done that for a while and I, I do that as well. But now my specialty and what I focused my studies on and what I will eventually, when the time comes, get my um, doctorate in is uh, specializing in the effects of reality television on the participant. So I specialize in treating people who have been on reality television in a therapy environment. That is amazing. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, I, I really, truly love that. I think it's incredible because like we hear some, you hear so many stories all the time about, you know, people want you know, kids always want to be doctors or lawyers or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they grow up to be something completely different. Um, I think it's really special that you kind of honed in on your talent at such, you know, a younger age yeah. and then just continued to carry that on. Um, I think the the fact that you kind of moved into working with reality stars mm -hmm. on their whatever, you know, trauma from being on reality TV and stuff, I think that's incredible. And it's funny that you bring that up. And I was actually going to talk about this later in the episode, but since we're already right here, I'll just talk about it is that I think that that is something that's heavily missed. And I happened to read an article this morning that was about the most recent season of Survivor 42. Mm-hmm. And in this article, they had mentioned that uh, CBS and the producers of Survivor, they actually do provide um, psychologists post-show for all of their contestants. Now, psychologists are not therapists. They do not provide the same thing. And a psychologist is not a talk therapist. And psychologists work for the production company, not for mm. the individual. There's not confidentiality there that oh, okay. they do not, and a, a, an average meeting an average interview with or like session with a psychiatrist or psychologist is more about like diagnoses and it's about 15 minutes it's oh. a, a therapy session is very specific and it's 50 minutes at, at least right and it ha is goal-based not diagnosis-based that makes more sense okay so one is looking to make sure that there is not liability Right. That they do not go off and do something like commit suicide. And then the production company is at uh, uh, responsible in like some sort of wrongful death situation. So okay. they make sure to get provide the testing that is adequate enough for their insurance, their legal team to yeah. say, we have done our due diligence here in providing a, a, a in, in identifying people who may be at high risk, but they, in my experience, I've only heard of a few shows that actually provide ongoing aftercare in the form of therapy, which is different than a psychiatrist. Okay, perfect. I'm actually glad that you said that because I, 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 I didn't know whether that was something that, you know, like even like the challenge or anything mm -hmm. like that does, or like, like you said, what the difference was. Yes. We had a psychiatrist. Okay. And when I asked him afterwards for a session, he told mm -hmm. me, I am not, I don't do that. Wow. But if you'd like a referral, I can give you some names. And I was like, thanks, but no, thanks. I'll find my own because right. I don't right. want somebody who's going to be referred I, I i wasn't convinced that my confidentiality was going to be kept right no that makes right. sense so at the end of the the day the production companies are just cya yeah for the most part covering their ass yes yes yeah which is not conducive to healing or growth and once again they're working for the production company that right. that's never how there i don't believe that the the symptom 
or the, the, the cause can also be the cure. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Do you feel like they are becoming more open to adding this on, like bringing someone like yourself on, or do you think that's still a way? I have not. Nobody has ever contacted me. I am, I am the, in my understanding to the best of my knowledge, I'm the only one with actual reality television experience who offers therapy and is a professional a like licensed professional with the training to do this, not a life coach, not a, uh, a, a advice, like none of that. Like I, this is what I specialize in and uh, I've never been approached or contacted or, wow. or even reached out to for an interview. Wow. And this That's is something beyond. we talk about constantly on my podcast. Susie, mm-hmm. my co-host has written countless articles in salon.com, medium.com, all these great places talking about this, talking about these effects, uh, uh, especially after a reality star became our president. Uh, we thought it was really important to talk about how reality stars are viewed. And nobody's ever reached out to me or contacted me to say, hey, person who is a professional in this right. and has real life experience, what do you think is going on? And how do you think we can change this? Wow. And it's, it's, it's scary because it really yeah. shows where the, the, the answer is right here. The, 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 and it really shows, tells me what the production companies care about and mm-hmm. are looking for in value. And right. I we don't are. think helping the participants is high on that list. Now, I also want to say, I do not know first, like I, I, when you were talking about Survivor, mm-hmm. I don't know anything other than, you know, the shows that I know about and right. the, the shows I've been on. So could they? Yes, absolutely. Right. But that's not the language that I've heard. That's not what I've heard from participants. I hear that there is, again, that psychiatrist or psychologist, but that is yeah. not a therapist. Right, right. Wow. I mean, mm-hmm. I think. I think you hit the nail right on the head. Mm-hmm. It speaks volumes on what their values are and what yeah. they their priorities are what matters as a, to them. As a yeah. business. And it sounds like it's yeah. really just the bottom line and not mm-hmm. the aftercare of the talent that gives you that bottom line. And uh, in my research, I found that the uh, rate of mental illness is seven times that of the national average in cast members. And the suicide rate is four times that of the national average. And we've had a, a Oh, many people on reality shows who have taken their own lives. Yeah. Uh, wow. And, and, and mm-hmm. I, I can think of quite a few just off the top yeah. of my head that I've yeah. heard about in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, I think it starts to expand the question is, is it just being on reality television itself? Or is it like these competition based shows that people tend to gravitate to like Survivor Challenge Big Brother? So there are different kinds of reality shows and it's one it is often ones where a person's identity is strongly linked to or defined by that production company so there was somebody i believe from top chef who mm-hmm. took their own life yeah uh, or i should say died because of the disease that is suicide yeah and uh it was a lot be- you know because the person's identity and who they believed they were was challenged or was questioned in a way that maybe they, that they weren't able or ready to kind of handle. And it's hard, you know, to know it, we'll put it this way. It's, we can't say like this caused that, but is it an environment that improved the situation? No. Yeah, absolutely not. It's, it's, um, 
I, I, I get what you're saying as far as there's correlation, but you can't necessarily right. say it's causation. Right. The golden rule of science. Yeah, absolutely. Correlation is not causation. But there is also, you know, the butterfly effect, right? Mm -hmm. Which is one small thing can cause a tsunami mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And, and this yeah. obviously didn't help it. it I would admit, I, I think it's the same, similar to if you took somebody who had an underlying uh, uh, condition and, and put them in the military. Yeah. Right, right. And then afterwards, we're like, we're not going to give you any kind of uh, mental health care afterwards. Which, right. which is actually a relatively new theme, too. Mm -hmm. I right. mean, and they're finally taking some notice of mm -hmm. that kind of steps to that. But, yeah. Well, and then I mean, and then you guys you get off the reality show and then it's not like the fan bases are, you know, completely healthy. Right. Um, well, you know, and, and I say they're that, just uh, they're people. Yeah. And when you have people who are able to comment and view and have their opinions, you're going to get a mixed bag. And right. You are only going, the responses will only ever be as healthy as the people who are delivering them. Right, right. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just, it, sometimes it's so crazy because it's like, um, there's actually someone on uh, the challenge right now or recently, the last few years, who a lot of the fans don't really like him. But I mean, I've seen comments from fans even like legitimately telling this person to take their own life. And yeah, it's it, that. It's. <sighs> Oh, it makes me sick to my stomach to think that that person would have to even, regardless of what kind of person they are on the show, nobody should have to feel that. And even if, you know, I, I kind of said it like this, if you were just walking down the street and four people like pointed at you and said something really hurtful that like maybe you worried about or felt like, you're self-conscious about. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. That would change how you went through that day. Absolutely. Even if they were just strangers on the street, there's no way to not internalize those things, especially if it confirms or valid, or like, like, well, yeah, confirms something that people believe about themselves and you get that reinforced. And it, it, ha it is difficult to separate the opinions of others from the opinions of those that matter to us. And right. there have been studies done on how many people were able to kind of keep in our social circle. And I can't remember the name of the woman who came up with this, but she says that we're able to have about five really close relationships of people who are like, we would do anything for these are like your husband, wife situation. You're like best friend, somebody that we can handle about five of those we can handle about 10 you know, people who like we're picking up the phone for if they call and need us, but mm -hmm. you know, we're not seeing them every week. We can handle about 15 acquaintances and beyond that, we're like I think it's like 50 like random strangers, like people who were just like associates. And beyond that, we don't right. have the emotional capacity to hold in our mind or heart or you know, brain anywhere the feelings, input, uh consideration of the entire fucking United States or all the people watching or whatever. Yeah, we don't, yeah. we as humans have not evolved to be able to have, to, to maintain that, that kind of like awareness of a social connection. It doesn't, we can't do it. So when you have thousands of people saying things that you uh, like things that you're self-conscious about or things that you like are trying to work on, or, you know, even just pointing out something you don't even know it, 
carries with it this weight and this heaviness that that is very hard to shake off or understand or or put aside or rational whatever it takes because we form our opinions about who we are based upon our interactions with others. That's, yep. that's a part of how we formulate our opinion. Yes. There's what we believe about ourselves, but am I a good person? Who, who am I in this world? What kind of person am I? A lot of that comes from the validation and the, the uh, feedback that we get from other people. And if the feedback that we're receiving is from like, I don't know, some freaking like 13 year old in their parents' basement, who's <laughs> like, doesn't like Sarah, it, we, I can't, my brain doesn't know how to separate that from those 50 acquaintances because right. that person feels like they have a, an understanding of who I am and my brain can't handle it. Not just mine, all of ours. So yeah. this is like the human condition. Yeah, no, I've, I've actually, I'm, from, I'm familiar with that study. It's, I think the total number is like 200 total people you can have yeah. in your life that you can handle after that. It's just, yeah. it doesn't matter. And, you know, I never really correlated it to what you were saying as far as like, if you were to walk down the street and four strangers, like start whispering and snickering as you walk by. It happens though. It, it, you know, it would totally change your day. And then mm-hmm. to multiply that by a million fold mm-hmm. online, it, it's I can I see how imagine. traumatic it could be mm-hmm. if you're not mentally set up mm-hmm. or prepared to deal with that and mm-hmm. not having someone like yourself to talk those feelings out with could be very detrimental and lead to everything that you're saying. It makes complete sense. And the hardest thing is, you know, therapy is not cheap. Therapy is not free. Right. And I, when I went myself to try to talk to these things, talk about these things with a therapist who I had a good, strong connection with and was working with before she was like 65. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I had to spend an entire fucking session explaining to her what reality television is. What the two, that yeah. is a waste of my money and time. Yes. yes. I don't. And then I heard another story from a challenger who went to therapy and somebody who was on the real world and uh, explained this. This was some years ago, but she tried to explain the situation to the therapist and then said, yeah, you know, I, I had this really weird experience in my life and people followed me around everywhere with cameras. The therapist said to her, do you see those cameras right now? Oh, my God. Like implying she hallucinated it and made it up. She's so schizophrenic. If, if we don't have a, a, a solid understanding of what this is, yeah. it is a very difficult thing to work with in therapy because people have the view of it that the viewers do. And I am not here to say the challenge is all bad. I could sit here and do an, a whole hour of all the fun stuff and the great things, wonderful things. But just like anything, there are, you know, there's good and bad that come mm-hmm. with it, you know? Right. Ice Absolutely. cream is wonderful, but if I eat a gallon of it, I might have a tummy ache. So like, maybe we can talk about how like ice cream at like is not maybe good for you. And right. it doesn't mean <laughs> that I hate ice cream. Yeah. No, no, yeah. absolutely. It's everything comes with a price, right? No matter yeah. what you do, everything has a price. And it's it's knowing that price and that sacrifice that you're going to be making. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. Even if you're not and I can see your 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 uh, the way you're saying this, it, that it's more important for someone like yourself or someone who has experience not only behind the camera, but in front of the camera and an understanding of how reality TV works Mm -hmm. to treat these people Mm -hmm. who are dealing with this specific theme, because Mm -hmm. there's a certern correlation and connection that you guys have. And it's an, it's an understanding without ever speaking about it. And I have developed a treatment plan for like a 
like stages with steps. It's very specific that is for this. I didn't like, so I, I, I'm sure there are, maybe there are therapists who, who have developed treatment plans for people who have been on reality television, but I couldn't find one. And I lived in LA and both yeah. of my parents were in the film industry. Yeah. So I have, and I'm a therapist. So it's like my job and I still couldn't find anybody. Yeah. If yeah. anybody was going to find it, it was going to be, it would you. be me. So if yeah. I, the resourceful therapist with the re- like the connections cannot find somebody, how is whoever who got cast and lives in like Boise, Idaho, wherever Boise is, Montana, I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, how are they finding help? And yeah. definitely not there. No, no, no absolutely Come not. On. This is silly. And and you know what? That's a great point because we've talked to certain cast members, especially ones that have only done like one season or two seasons, mm-hmm. and talk about the trauma that they went through coming back mm-hmm. and not getting casted again and yeah. restarting their lives. And and very hard thing to do. You can't just go work at you know Nordstrom. When you were on the channel, you can, but it's weird. Why do I know that? Because I did that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And and the common thread between all those people that have found the balance is that they have gone into therapy and they've Mm -hmm. had had these talk sessions. And and I think that's an important thing to to also put out there is uh, therapy is not a one session trick. It is. It's like going to a chiropractor it's time and time and it's practice and you you reach your goals through time and uh consistency is what i would say yeah absolutely yeah um okay so i know we got pretty deep right off the top on that one so (laughs) i tend to do that it's like i like one speed and it's i dig it go i like it but this fits into the way we do things because we jump around all over the time anyways um one thing I, I really love hearing from every person that's been on challenge is, or re- the real world is their mm-hmm. casting story. Cause it seems like they're mm-hmm. all very unique yes. and very individual, individualistic. And I would love to hear yours and how you got on it, because it doesn't seem like just kind of talking to you and what your goals yeah. were growing up that you would want to be right. on reality TV. I, I, it's crazy that I ended up here, especially when, you know, like I said, my, my parents were both in the film industry and I worked as a, uh, like makeup art, makeup artist and hairstyle, like assistant and wardrobe yeah. stylist assistant off in the commercial business for a while before wow. I started on here. So I had an under, and I was uh, a kid in commercials. I was like a child actor kind of thing. And mm-hmm. so, which like everybody whose parents were in the film industry was, they were like, yeah, there's an extra kid. Throw her Just on the use journey. my kid. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. You can use her. <laughs> that happened all the time. So uh, yeah, it was a weird childhood. But uh, so I had an understanding of what casting directors wanted. I have seen, a, I have been in so many casting rooms and like, I've seen the, the, you know, casting tapes. I hear what the, the producers talk about, what they like. And I felt like I almost cheated because I had that in the back of my head the whole time. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I just had more info than everybody else. <laughs> and uh, so I was living in San Francisco. One of the funny things is they always put my hometown on the real world as San Francisco. No, I was, was going to ask you born and raised in Los Angeles. And there's, it's okay. funny, there's like a, uh, online thing. There's, there's like some list of like 10 things you don't know about Sarah. I'm like, fucking, Hey, I don't know any of these things. Cause this shit, this shit ain't real. None of these things are true. 
all of them i'm like mm, not true not true not true not true so like oh my god things that somebody made up about sarah is really what that list is it's so consistent like People, we talked to tyler duckworth and same thing he he's listed on imdb as having a wife in savannah georgia it's like oh i think god. this is a different tyler that you guys <laughs> yeah, are talking this about is not true <laughs> like people that confidently wrote that list and was like, yeah mm-hmm. like, so, yeah um i was born and raised in los angeles and grew up there not san francisco uh it just happened to be where i was living at the time and so they put okay. that as like the town i was from or i am from my home was san francisco and uh I was living with this guy and we were driving around one day and we heard it on, like on the radio, there was a commercial that said, do you have what it takes to live with seven strangers and blah, 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 blah. And he was like, oh my gosh, we should totally go to that audition. Like, let's both go. It'll be great. It was on a Sunday. Um, it was like in the afternoon, neither of us had anything to do. And the day before he got pink eye. So he was like, I'm not going to this but i'm going to drive you there and you have to go one of us has to go so i'm like i don't want to go this stupid thing but i was like okay I'm gonna, i'll go i said how about this if we drive up and there's a line because i hate lines i'm like i'm not gonna go i ain't saying i didn't let line yeah. but, <laughs> but if there's no line i'll go so i went the last hour of the last day and there was no line and i was like oh, okay i'll do it <laughs> and they give you this big huge packet to fill out this big these this like big questionnaire and I can remember all the people around me were filling, they were with their friends and everything. And they were filling out these packets and they were all saying things like they were giving exam, like saying actual cast members. I can remember Tina was mentioned and Puck and they were like, oh, I'm going to be just like Puck and I'm going to be wild and crazy. And I'm going to tell them that I'm this, this, this. I'm going to be like Tina and like tell them I'm like, but I remember those two names. And in my mind, I was thinking. I'm just going to tell them that I'm who I am. And they're probably going to be really bored with that because at the time I was a camp counselor. I didn't really drink. Um, I think one of the interesting things was I was dating my first boyfriend. Like I dated women prior to that. And so Mm this is like the first time I was was dating uh, somebody of the opposite sex. So I put that and I was just like, yeah, I'm like, I like to like work with kids. I think I ran an after school art program at the time. And I was like, uh, like just talked about, what I like to do, which was like yeah. play games and make art and, you know, like go to farmer's markets. And <laughs> I wasn't really wild and crazy and I don't really drink. And, uh, I think what, so that was the packet that you fill out and everything, but, uh, what the actual interview process was like, or what the, the, um, casting call was like, uh, they, put you in groups of about 10 or 15 people. Mm-hmm. And then they have a production assistant there who has a clipboard with a bunch of questions on it. And they go around and they ask a bunch of questions. Um, and it became re- real obvious real fast that I had better questions than the interviewer. <laughs> and so people were going around saying things. And I, I like also am so super impulsive. I have terrible ADHD that at that time was not diagnosed. So just yeah. like impulsive Sarah was answering and asking every question. So somebody would talk about something and I'd be like, oh my gosh, that is interesting. Can you tell me more about it? Like, it's like therapist from day one. And I totally took over the interview and they told me this. They were like, well, yeah, you took over the interview and we need somebody in the house who's going to be interviewing everybody all the time. And so I, 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 and I, 
so like after that, they kind of like pull you aside if they liked you from that group and they're like, okay, we like you. And then they, you know, look over your packet. And if your packet was, had some good questions. I remember one of the questions that they asked was if your mother was a kitchen utensil, what utensil would she be? That is so random. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a that's a hard hard yeah. one to narrow now. And right I think there. they want they're looking for they're not looking at what your answer is. They're looking for creativity, looking mm. for thinking outside the box. Are yeah. you willing to be vulnerable and talk about things that maybe are like more personal? Like yeah. if you're going to talk about like I think I mentioned like like I don't know I don't know why I said I think like but this is kind of funny. My mom, when we were little, she was like single mom raising us by herself and like teeny, teeny, tiny lady with like three kids and like two of her sons are like huge. So uh, she had a spanking spoon and it was yep. like a spoon. Don't <laughs> worry, there's no child abuse, but corporal punishment was like illegal at this time. So yeah, she, yeah, like, completely she, she had a spanking spoon. So I'm sure I told a story about like, yeah, she'd probably be that spoon. She was like, she'd probably be the spanking spoon. And, you know, so like that <laughs> kind of story, like, oh, okay, that's interesting. She's going to talk about that. She's going to be open. So we're look. I'm sure they're looking for like, what do those questions, uh, uh, how do those questions like open these people up and get them to talk about something different? And do we see something different in their answers than, you know, like Joe Schmo over there? Who, yeah. Right. Whatever yeah. he said. Um, so yeah, it just was probably like this and, and that's kind of how I always show up, take it or leave it. Like <laughs> I it, love it. Don't. And, uh, and yeah. And I can remember then when they said, okay, we want you to come back tomorrow and do, or whenever it was and do the one-on-one interview that's when I knew, oh yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm going to give them what casting directors want, which is animated over the top, but also with some restraint and an awareness uh, like, and I always tried to have a lot of respect and work with the production company. Like yeah. uh, I really was somebody, you know, I think working in production before that was somebody who wanted to make their job easier. So it's like, little bites you know quick little like sound bites and you know i went in like knowing how and repeating the question in the 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 answer and things like that so it's a it's not a difficult checklist if you know how, what to do right and, to be on tv and so i just was like check 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 and i remember the commercials that i didn't get when i was little i remember there was one where i went in and and uh, was auditioning with both my brothers and i kept telling them to stop like Calm down. Act like people. And I know we didn't get it because I was trying to like control, like make them be, I was too type A. And like, yeah. so I was like, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to be like, just like be animated, be do whatever. There's no such thing as over the top because this nope. is TV. And so once mm-hmm. I kind of leaned into that because I learned my lesson at eight years old, the hard right? way, or like to not do what to not to do, because I really wanted to get cast. And I remember the girl who got cast got to ride an elephant, and I'm so mad. Yeah. Wow. So I remember I had that in my mind. You know, it's kind of like 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 Slumdog Millionaire or whatever, like where it's like be, the life events like happen yeah. perfect. So like they know what to, I was like, oh yeah, well this was the elephant experience that taught me just be myself and like go. Be over the top. And so like, I don't know, I've kind of, I felt like I've, this is how I am anyway, but I'm sure that right. know, I have like. Heard. You had the leg up. You yeah. knew what they were looking yeah, for pretty- during that interview. So just lean into it. And it was, <laughs> mm-hmm. and to kind of lean back to it, I was like a part of my research is to go back and see like what MTV wrote about you in your initial show and like reading your intro in the real world Brooklyn, like they have you so typecast as this punk girl right. from yeah. San Francisco. And it's like, 
I, I didn't I didn't get to see your real world Brooklyn. I know Sarah from the challenge. I'm like, that is not Sarah. Right. Yeah. No. no, I just I mean, happen <laughs> to have a bunch. I think a lot of a lot of it, too, was that I don't there's like some almost like cognitive dissonance. like your brain doesn't understand. You're like, wait a sec. Shouldn't she be a bartender? She's not a cat yeah. She has tattoos. And like they can't, she worked with children. She shouldn't have black hair and piercings and be gay. Right. Like oh, yeah. they, they couldn't like <laughs> understand. It was that. too much. So, too much. So like that's like perfect for television because your, your uh, assumptions or, or idea of how this person is, is, was, I was the complete opposite of that. Well, and yeah. and I think that speaks to what MTV, in my opinion, MTV did really well as far as exposing a generation to mm-hmm. lifestyles that were not the norm mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. Like me and Karina grew up in Reno, which isn't a very big town, mm-hmm. especially 25 years ago. And it, I mean, unfortunately, they called it the Mississippi of the West for a reason. It's really backwoods mm-hmm. in certain places. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you don't get exposed to those lifestyles that you see in L.A. or in San Francisco in the New major York metropolitan and, yeah. areas. So it was our exposure to and it taught me about a lot of different things, especially with those earlier seasons like alcoholism and the LGBTQ mm-hmm. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it exposed me that I think it made me a better person because I wouldn't have been exposed otherwise to it. Yeah. And those are some of the wonderful things that showed us. I mean, my season of the real world yeah. had the first out and open trans person yep. on television. Mm-hmm. I was the first person on reality television to openly come forward as a survivor of sexual assault, a child of sexual assault. Yep. That had mm-hmm. never been ha- that had never happened on reality television oh. before, and yeah. so yeah, and 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 it, even even with the challenge, I mean, I know it wasn't as it's still a big deal, but like with Marlon, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, coming oh, out yeah, as a bi ma- bi black male mm-hmm. um, who's very uh, type A type male, which is football player, mm-hmm. all that Christian it, football, yeah. You know, but it makes that. you kind of pushes up against people's assumptions or or of like what the stereotypes it, yeah. of, of these like exactly the, the yeah, labels that we put on people, boxes we put in there. And I think that is something great that MTV and Buna Murray has done over mm-hmm. the years. I think that is a phenomenal thing. Mm-hmm. But I also see the negatives that y- you brought up as far as, let alone the the basic concept of the challenge is to deceive people. Mm-hmm. And it almost, it, it mm-hmm. leads to a situation where bullying isn't necessarily, I don't know, it might be encouraged, but it feels like it's, it's incentivized. going to happen. It's almost incentivized. Yeah. yeah, it's going to happen regardless. And whether it's a... Uh, uh- like directly and openly incentivized or it's almost like more it's it's subtle it's not like somebody says that like if you do this we're going to cast you more but you draw your own conclusions by who gets cast what they show mm-hmm. what makes mm-hmm. it on air what the fans li- yeah it's the lowest common denominator it's the it's yeah. the, the the best of the worst it's a self-fulfilling prophecy 100% yeah. yeah well, and it pl- it plays in, you know, sometimes you see even see it play into the actual gameplay of the mm-hmm. show and, you know, how it's set up as far as like, you know, how people are voted down or, you know, voted down into elimination or whatever. You know, when it's set up certain ways to where one specific person can be targeted by a huge alliance <laughs> in the house, that's extremely mentally detrimental as well. So in my bad. Opinion. Rejected by your your like peers. And, yeah. and this not only fucks just people up and it's, it's so yeah. we, even when we're okay, it's, they say it, it's an experiment like mm-hmm. Buna Murray mm-hmm. and MTV, they have proudly labeled this 
well, a human experiment, we're doing this experiment more so with the real world than like the challenge. But right. it just is so frustrating to me that people so casually throw that word around without following the scientific method that involves mm-hmm. debriefing the participants. And like, Absolutely. if you're going to call it an experiment, you got to follow the rules of the experiment. One of those is help the participants afterwards if you messed them up in any way from this. Yes. Science. Absolutely. Like, exactly. This is like, like, you can't do the research. You can't even get the, the like, uh, um, you know, green light thumbs up to yeah. do the experiment from the like boards of behavioral science and like, you know, that allow people to do things like that. Uh, but we don't have the same rules for media. Well, yeah, there's a reason that you and Susie were able to so quickly make so many connections from the mouse dystopia to the challenge house. Yes. Real fast. For real fast. That was a great episode. Yes. Thank you for listening to the podcast. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Oh, we all love the podcast. Yeah, We've been listening for a long time. <laughs> I actually, um, I, I, Karina turned me on to Brain Candy Podcast because I was like, where's Sarah? I've, and she's like, oh, she does a podcast. And I was like, no, get the fuck out. And so we started listening. 622 episodes. I know. It. I know. I just saw the, the video on Instagram today for the one that you just recently put out. And I'm like, I haven't gotten a chance to listen to it yet. But I think... I think Tony got a chance to listen to it a little bit. Yeah. And I've, I was bouncing around too. Cause I was, um, I'm building garden beds right now. Mm. Um, and the episode that I was listening to was actually the one where you had gone to the garden center and somebody started asking you questions and you're like, I don't understand why. And then you just happened to slip in the fact that you were also pruning the flowers that were there too. <laughs> I was like, it must be because I was wearing overalls. Like, must be. Or pruning plants. I don't know which. Yeah. Yes. One of the two. One of the two. Yeah. So, and kind of circle back on what you were saying with like the social experiment. Mm-hmm. What I was going to say is I, I'm going to do an injustice because I don't remember the name of the study or the school was performed at, but it was basically where Stanford prison experiment. It, it wasn't the prison <laughs> experiment, but that is one that I think of, but it's mm-hmm. the one where they were asking another person a question. If they got it wrong, they would oh, yes, yes, basically yes. electrocute yes. them and they would have the participant pretend that they were actually getting electrocuted and to see how far people would go people on go orders. Way farther than you think that they will oh god it gives me yeah. Yeah. Get, like like chills thinking about that yeah and they were it was so one of the podcasts i listened to and our listeners will probably get sick of me plugging this but is uh dan carlin's hardcore history mm-hmm. and he was talking about like what the russians and the nazis at the time were doing as far as to each other and it goes and then when they came to the Nuremberg trials, they said, well, I was just doing what I was told. And people in the West was like, that's not an excuse. You have to have a moral standard. Mm-hmm. And then these experiments yeah. showed that, you know, anyone can be pushed to that mm-hmm. limit. And knowing that, and then the things that they incentivize on the challenge, it's, they have to know mm-hmm. what's going to happen. They have to be aware of mm-hmm. it. It's not like they're, you know, blind to well, it. And, and I think that that's, I think that's actually a, a really big misconception among the fans, especially like, you know, obviously my experience is with the challenge, but I would assume with, with any reality show is that I, I often see this, this excuse given by fans is that, well, you chose mm-hmm. to go on there. They didn't force you to, right. but it's not like Nobody when you sign this. up for something like this, that they tell you what they it's don't even be. know. I, I don't think yeah. that. And the, the other thing that I see is that the people who maybe do understand that on a, I don't know, like macro level and, and see the big picture are not the people who are holding the camera, who are right. holding the mic, who are your PAs. It is, those guys are 26 year old 
kids doing the yeah, yeah. trying to or, make a career yeah, they don't or, care who care about holding the camera they're doing their job it's the the duties and the 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 i mean the whole show it's there's so many parts and it spreads so i don't know thin in a way but like it, it's it's spread out amongst so many people that that responsibility or that um i don't know duty to kind of see the bigger picture i don't think falls on any one person's shoulders and right. what are you going to do as the sound person say I really feel like these people should get some aftercare. Yeah. You're not invited back next season. Exactly. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Bye. It, it falls do down to the people Who's at the top. That? Right. Yeah. And those people ain't going to do shit because they've been making money for 20, yeah. 30 seasons. They're still making they're they're, they're, Their paychecks yeah. are still hitting. They're fine. They got yeah. a house in the Hollywood Hills. Yeah. They're not on camera 24 right. seven under fine. that pressure, under mm. the lights, all of that. I don't care. We are. And we're just one of hundreds to them. There right. isn't the personal connection. They don't see us. They don't hear these things. They're not choosing to, they're not listening to the podcast. They're not listening to this. They don't give a fuck. I'm sorry, but they don't. No, they don't. I mean, and no, they the don't. Theme. They don't. And, and, and it, you know, like it goes back to certain moments where it's like, you know, they'll show like, you know, you guys talking about personal moments or, you know, experiences or something like that, you know, in your personal lives, they'll show that stuff on TV. But then it's like, mm -hmm. I find myself like, do they really care about that issue or is it just, man, this is going to be great mm -hmm. TV. Let's put this in the episode. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's more what it is. Yes, for sure. And that's not right. right. You know, that's not right. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, I mean, it's more of a recent thing, but like what happened, I, I believe it was Vendettas when all those girls teamed up mm -hmm. on uh, oh. Kaylee and threw her mm -hmm. stuff into the. Threw it and, over the balcony. And, and picked on her and all that. I mean, and there's no disgusting. aftercare for mm -hmm. that. And those are the five girls still remaining. She left the mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. She quit the show and said, TJ, yeah. I'm going home. Like, mm -hmm. quit the show. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just. Okay. Anyway. So <laughs> I know we're getting really kind of down a deep subject. I'm going to lighten it up a little bit more. From your time on the challenge, um, outside of Susie. Um, was there someone that you met that you thought like had a preconceived notion, like I would never get along with that person and you end up becoming really good friends with them? You know, I didn't have a lot of preconceived notions about anyone. I will say that after being on the show with people, I saw how some people are different people on the show and maybe like, not like we wouldn't get along, but like the person that they are outside the show I love and adore. And I'm like, oh, that right. person is wonderful. And that, that was, it, it was maybe not surprising, but it was just interesting to see who, um, puts on a little bit of an act. I don't know if it's, maybe it's puts on a little bit more like can step in and step out. Right. And almost like separate. putting on a mask yeah. or something. Yeah. Can separate themselves from that and I think it's people who have a strong support system. I think people who have strong identities and that usually goes hand in hand, like they have um, uh, supportive relationships outside of the challenge that reinforce who they are outside of the challenge. And um, they're, they're, I, that who they are is not defined by the challenge. And it's usually in my experience, people who have like continued their education and, 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 wanted to do more than you know be on the challenge which is nothing wrong with if you want to do that do like no. do your thing right. like, yeah great yeah good career have, have have at it um but there are this isn't just a show for some people and i think those people um uh, i just connect with well and like frank i love frank 
Oh, uh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And that's he's awesome. totally different on the show. Like on the show, he's like, you know, the show makes him angry. When he's off the show, he's like the nicest, most wonderful human who's like so fun. And like, so that's sweet. what we've heard. Yeah. Everybody says that. Yeah. Tyler, Jordan, yeah. everyone we've talked to, they're like, he- Jordan, I love Jordan. Oh, we yeah. just, we oh just met Jordan last weekend and I'm absolutely in love with him. Love he him. is the nicest yeah. person in the whole world. Like, he's so sweet. He's so nice. He's nothing yeah. like he is on the show. Nothing like he is on the so show. I'm out with him. I got good taste. Right. I, you do. Don't ask me about Vinny. No. Yeah. That was young. You were yeah. young. You I knew know. what I wanted and I got exactly what I wanted. I was like, yeah. yeah, pretty and dumb. <laughs> okay. I do have a question for you about you the job, so. <laughs> your when you did the handwriting test. Oh, yeah. Oh did gosh, you know, when you saw so CTs, did you know it was CTs and were yeah. you fucking with him or no. did you? Oh, okay. uh, no, no, no. I was not fucking with him. That, okay. I, that was absolutely 100% legit and set up so wow. that I would not. Very, very simple. It's like uh, you can read a book, <laughs> handwriting analysis. Like it's very easy to learn. Right. I'm not going to lie. This has been one of my more nerve wracking interviews because I'm like, Sarah's going to read me like a fucking book over Zoom. No, no. I'm like, I'm, I've got a pencil, but I'm not going to write anything. Right. Like if I, 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 yeah, I'm not, we're good. No need to. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. There's not, a, not the there's clock. not money on the line. Right. Yeah. All right. I love I it. I love people it. People pay me to do that. Right. Yeah. Fair. I want to work. Fair. I like it. Free. That's no. true. Yeah. Right. Not for free. Yeah. Right. I, I worked in the print industry for so long and I used to carry like I would go into a restaurant and I'd take like a menu and like hit it against my hand to like figure out the paperweight. Like it just followed me home <laughs> everywhere. It was so bad. You still do that. Every time someone hands him a business card, he's like, mm-hmm. flicks it. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> it's like, this is a good one. I, we're going to use these people. Yes. They have good business cards. Uh, that's like, an 18 oh point. I know that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so. I actually wanted to, this one was actually a fan question that was sent in. And I'm not sure if you've answered this one on another podcast. I feel like you have, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to know what happened, what happened on Cutthroat? Because it was such, a, on the Cutthroat final. Was it heat oh, stroke or like what, what happened? Yes. Was it just heat stroke? So Cutthroat final was the first final. Well, the, all the finals after Cutthroat. They decided to give us Camelback. Yeah. And I remember somebody told us you guys didn't have them. We did not have that before. So there was a random heat wave. We were in the Czech Republic, not supposed to get that hot there where we were. And our final was on this airport, like tarmac, this huge, like, like there was no shade anywhere, like a runway. There was no shade and it was black asphalt. We were running on. It was so hot. And, uh, the very, very first challenge first like uh, thing that we come to checkpoint yeah we have to do checkpoint thank you uh is going down a slide covered in baby oil into sawdust i remember that the thing that they used as so we had a random heat wave it got up over 90 degrees everything we were doing was on like basically a frying pan they put black garbage bag liners down a slide, mm-hmm. covered it with baby mm-hmm. oil, and left it to bake in the sun for however long. And then we slid down that, burned like you're like burning yeah. into sawdust. And the then you had to continue running with baby oil all over and continue along the challenge. So you're like covered in, which is I, I can't even begin to tell you how it, uncomfortable oh, that it is. Keeps you for your body from sweating. Uh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, I didn't yeah. think about that. Yes. 
And um, then the only water that they gave us, this water supply that they had, they had one, two, three uh, on a two to four mile. I don't know if it's two or four miles around the whole thing. It was two miles around the whole thing. Trash like uh-huh. can, yeah. like a big barrel, like like the barrel trash can filled with water. Wow. That was it. And then whatever team got there first got dibs of the fresh water. What do you think every team did covered in sawdust as soon as they got to the first thing of water? Rinsed, Rinsed it off. off. Of course they did. They dumped their entire bodies in there. So as the second slash third team to arrive, yep. our water source is now sawdust baby oil water, Ugh. which we're not no. drinking. Yeah. And so we kept running. Ugh. And because that was better than we just like rinsed our bodies yeah. off. So we did not have individual water sources. We were not hydrated and adequately at all for what we were being put yeah. through. And that's why two of us went out in that because our team was so exposed. We were in the sun for so yeah. long and we, it took us a long time to get through that. My, I, my mind was not ready to quit my body. They, the medic came over and he rubbed my, he put his hand down my back, like felt my back and he went, Oh, and I like could barely think at that time. And he said, you're not yeah. sweating. Yeah. And it's a bad sign if you are not sweating in that situation. Yeah. And so he was like, we got to check your vitals and ch- do all that. And my, I, whatever was too low. And then I, I collapsed. Like I couldn't, my wanted to stand up. My legs wouldn't let me. And I was dry. He like your body, when you're so dehydrated, just starts dry. Like I was, I was so sick. I was, yeah. there is footage of me sitting in a pool of my own stomach bile. Like I, I've thrown yep. up and I couldn't have, I didn't have the energy to pick myself up. And then any water I took down, I instantly threw back up because I was already way beyond how dehydrated I should be. The ambulance comes and they're like, we got to take you and Abe. I get in the ambulance. There's nobody who spoke English that was able to speak to, there are no translator there that spoke. um, Czech? What do they speak? I believe it'd be Czech. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't believe I don't know that. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll edit that in later. We'll Google it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Feel free to leave it in and me getting it wrong. I'm totally fine with that. A seamless voiceover. Yes. Here you go. We, we, um, very, we very often tell our listeners, Google that. Okay. Yeah, Google that Google shit. It. Yeah. There you go. It's Google fine. It. Um, so I, there's nobody to communicate with them. And they, the, the ambulance ride is probably about 20, 30 minutes plus. And they hooked me up to an IV, but they forgot to turn the IV on. So they had me attached to a dry IV with, and I was sit, I was like trying to hint to that, like pointed. I was like, this doesn't feel right. It just felt like it hurts even more. Yeah. There was nothing going through that thing until I got to the hospital and the doctor saw it and he was like, oh, oh and turned it on. And then they were like, they ran all the tests and everything. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. You have like dehydration and like heat poison whatever it was yeah and uh they were also like also this dehydration seems like it's been there for a while have you been drinking <laughs> like, i'm on a challenge what is <laughs> of course yes i'm drinking of course okay. i am <laughs> goodness sakes have you ever tried to do this sober yeah right. like, i'm doing this shit sober <laughs> no the alcohol is getting me through this right I, they yeah. are so uh, god they're so fucking lucky that you somebody didn't have a seizure out there or die yeah I, Yes. That's the thing. All right, my potassium low, I'm sure like it would it would be I think we did have banana. Cuz Abe was really bad too. Oh, he was very bad. 
he was it was real bad. bad well and that was my thing because you know like obviously everybody chitter chatters you know and and people like oh you know sarah and abe they you know couldn't fit it's like no something oh, deeper yeah. happened than just them being tired oh, no we wanted to, i wanted to and then i cried and i yeah. because i I was under the, I, I believed that if I did not cross that finish line, I did not get my money and thank right. God they, they made it so that we did like, because yeah. Yeah. that was awful. I mean, that was very much on them that they did not give us water, yes. water. And then next season they were like, Oh, we should give them Calbacks. Let's put their names on it. You know, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. No, come on. Come on. Even summer camp can figure it out. Yes. What yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, like, even in Hell Week. Drink and- five, stay alive. That was what we yeah. say at every meal. Yep. Five glasses yep. of water, yeah. drink five, stay alive. We were not drinking five. I was barely alive. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. So I played uh, high school football in, in like, the Inland Empire of Southern California, yes. like Hemet, Moreno Valley. It gets, like, 100 yeah. degrees there. And a lot of kids freaking died heat stroke. In yeah. Time. And yeah. that's, like, and that was... 20 years ago mm-hmm. you know and so it's not like they didn't have knowledge of this and we even had water at both ends of the field so as you're running you're drinking it's these you things know, like, that they don't anticipate like they can't yeah. anticipate what people will do when they're fighting for money they cannot anticipate what people will do when uh, they couldn't anticipate a heat wave they they didn't have a plan for and they have a they have like this is what I'm saying about like it being so spread apart, you know, that it, it, the, the orders come from the top and it's like, you're giving them two sources of water. This is how it is. If they ask for something, don't give it to them. And then those guys don't get the message that we have a heat wave. Right. And so production is like, well, I got to follow. I got to make sure I, I, I don't give them that. I got to make sure that we're doing the thing and whatever. And so these, there's a disconnect from, from the, the, I don't know, messages from the top and when what is actually happening in front of the camera right there. The chain of command's not working the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's insane. Um, I was so switching up a little bit. Well, I just want to say this one more thing about the cutthroat. Yeah. 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 Susie gave me the advice to not work out and not try. And she was like, you don't need to do that. She's like, they carried me across the finish line. You don't need to do anything. You're fine. I, I, let me check the Czech Republic had the best food of any challenge I've ever been on. We would oh get home gosh. every day from a challenge and there would be a charcuterie board with all these pastries oh, and, and yeah. meats and cheeses and brie. I ate my own body weight in brie on that challenge. Yeah. I gained 15 pounds. I am not ashamed. I, I was like, mm. yep. Give me all the cheese. I was not <laughs> in like, yes. Challenge shape. I mean, <laughs> Could I do it? Yes. Was I Sarah wins the final in Norway shape? And uh, and so after that, I was like, Susie, that was great advice. And so I tried it the next few challenges. Yeah. And she was like, what? Things have changed. They're different now. I don't know. Right. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. Thanks. There there is a little bit of truth to the Sarah was not so great on that final. And I'm fine with admitting that. No problem. I want to admit, though, that you're probably one of my favorite people to watch in the final. Like in Battle of the Exes, you just stopped running. You're like, I got to take a shit. Yeah, I, this like, is, you, like, <laughs> she's like, I really have you to. You know, poop. my trainer, shout out to my friend, Ashley. She says that I have uh, workout Tourette's. She's like, you oh my cannot, you know, and I, I, the internal dialogue, it just, I, I, I have no filter. My brain just that whatever it is that like tells you think that in your head, Sarah. 
just doesn't work when I'm exhausted. <laughs> and so, yeah. And I never think that they're going to play that part. We had <laughs> no, just drank. I know that final you're talking about. We had, we had just downed six pints of fish oil. I had yeah. greased the runway. What do you think? <laughs> it's six pints of fish oil is not supposed to stay in your body. You can't process no. that. There's only one way that comes, well, two ways that comes out. And it was already too digested for it to come out the other way. Yep. It was like, and then they, they didn't give us anything to wipe. <laughs> we didn't have anything to take care of that. So I used leaves. Yeah. You well, were, yeah. You and, do what you and then do. I remember my ass being so itchy. I bet. And then you had to ride yeah. a bike. I think and then you, I ride you ride were a bike. on the bike. Yeah, so you're already working out oh, your lower yeah. extremities. Yeah. You know it's so funny. Like, I'm dating this guy who's like taking me mountain biking and everything. And he's like, Are you going to be okay? Like, I don't want to. I was like, uh, Do I get to choose my uniform? Am I covered in baby oil? Do I get to eat before? Do I get to sleep yeah. before? We're fucking fine. Let's just go. Like, he's like, we're, I'm like, Don't worry about anything. Is there fish oil in my camelback? Right. I'm like, Am I on camera? Is there going to be like, uh, you know, what is this? Just, just is there fish oil to drink? No, you're yeah, fine. Exactly. This is fine. Yeah, just don't make me drink. Fish I'm good. Watch <laughs> challenge. We're fine, dude. So I keep trying. To, he's like, yeah, yeah, I forget, I forget. I'm like, I'm good. So it does make you very, um, like, yeah. My, my, I do. I am able to. I'm comfortable being uncomfortable after all these years. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I, I honestly, though, like I gotta say, it was so impressive that you, <laughs> you stopped and took a yeah. shit. And then still won the yeah, final. Like, that's right. <laughs> makes up for everything in Cutthroat, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they were nice to give me a lot of brainy games on that one, though. <laughs> They're like, true. That oh, was a good one. Work scramble for the girl who does the right. crossword puzzle. Yeah, okay, we're good. Yeah. I do this for fun. Yeah. And so. the funny part about that is I unscrambled it to make a different sentence. Oh and my they god! Couldn't what use, they, they were, were like, for? and I was like, "You didn't. T- this is an answer. You wanted me to unscramble yeah. and form a sentence, and this is it." And they're like, "I know, but that's not the one we want." And so they gave us a hint because I was like, "The rules say unscramble this to form us and use all of the rocks." I technically did that, but I did it in that was not the words that they were looking for. So oh they had god. to. They, so when you see it, it, it is edited to to when when I did. The second got the right one. Answer. Oh, wow. That, That's they hilarious. did not specify what it was like a riddle, but the, the answer that I gave fit that. And it had something to do with like trolls or something, yeah. I think, yeah. or something. The, the word trolls was in it. You must respect the trolls. And I, I yes, mm-hmm. that's what and it was, I yeah. rearranged it to say something that wasn't that, but worked. And oh, how funny. Wow. Yeah. So. That's crazy. I was going to say, now that you bring it up, I mean, even so we run a Facebook group about the challenge. Um, and so we see all sides of it. We see, you know, the fans that are casual fans that are just invested in the show and they think it's great. And then, you know, the people that are a little bit deeper that have favorites in the show and mm-hmm. all the way to the very deep end where it's like, okay. Where they're writing lists of 10 things you don't know about Sarah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're all they're all made up, right? Yeah. Her favorite songs, American <laughs> Woman by Lenny Kravitz. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so um, one thing that kind of runs throughout that we've seen is that like people consider you the puzzle master. Like nobody's oh, yeah. going to compete with you if it comes down to a puzzle. Yeah, I hope so. And we were sitting here like thinking about like, you know, some of the great like 
people that we would love to see you go against, like mm-hmm. the, like Ashley now, who's considered like the puzzle queen mm-hmm. on there. And I was going to ask, uh, is there another part of the challenge that you thought you really excelled at Swimming. outside of puzzles? Swimming? Swimming, okay. yeah. Yeah. I can pretty much yeah. beat anybody in the water. <laughs> the only person who likes to say that I can't is Wes. And we, in <laughs> a short distance race, he beats me in long distance. Anytime I said, okay, fine, let's do 10 laps. He won't do it because he knows I will beat him in a long distance swimming race. Hmm. That's interesting. I like that. But there and back, he will win. Yeah. Well, but he, yeah, he yeah, cannot yeah, beat me long distance. And we see it. This wow. is non challenging. Yeah. There's, there's a few. That where, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Anyone's where we were swimming on my team got the best time. Usually like Jordan and I, and then um, Laurel and I got it on cutthroat when we, and we would get the better times than all the guys too. So that's right. I believe that. Yeah. It still blows my mind that people come back and do like eight seasons of the challenge and haven't learned how to swim yet. And yeah. It's like, come on, you, you know, what's coming yeah. on, you know, yeah. what's going to happen or the heights thing, yeah. you know, they're terrified of the heights, mm-hmm. but they don't You're want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. There's not much I was really like scared of or like, or wouldn't do so. Yeah. Yeah, no. Do you have do you have like a favorite daily challenge that yes. you did on any of your seasons? The one, the up all night challenge from Rivals Three. Yes. Because I finished that so fucking fast. And yes, the next person did. didn't finish it till like an hour later. And that was the most satisfying feeling in the whole world because the reason why I knew how to do that was from reading a book called Moonwalking with Einstein, which is a fantastic book on the world memory championship. And I read that book and I learned something called the memory palace. And I applied that. That is how I've done all my studying for school. I study with my eyes closed and my head leaned back and people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm studying. And it, <laughs> it, I, it's great. You don't, you don't have to do it very long and it totally works. And I, I knew exactly, I was like, I think this is happening. And so I was like, I fucking got this. And uh, it was really fun to mop the floor with everybody on that one. Oh yeah, my and God. for Johnny to be like, Johnny did not do shit. And I was like, shit, nope, no, you stand back. I got this because I, 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 it was easy. Yeah. And so that was, Oh my God. I could, I remember how I, I was so, you could see how excited I am when you things did. keep coming at out because I'm like, Oh, I know what we're doing. <laughs> and I'm totally going to all of you guys. Cause you guys aren't going to know how to do this. And I was right. Yeah. So, and then I told people, asked me like, how'd you do that? And I recommended that book and a few people did read it. Dustin read it or not Dustin, Devin read it. Um, I don't know who else, but I did. I, I was like, I felt like I gave him my, my, your my secret cheat sheet, <laughs> right? I was I like, this you. is it. That there is an actual science and formula to remembering it. It's person, action, object. And you remember those things and you relate it to an area and an actual space that, you know, because we are very good as humans at memorizing spaces. And so I, you, you assign these mm, things in your memory, a place along a familiar route, like mm-hmm. you open the door to your front house, ha- your, your house and what's on your front step. And then what's in your living room. And then what's in your, and if you can just go through the house, you'll remember exactly the order that everything is in. So what you're saying is you helped Devin on the last season of the challenge because he walks down and gets this 20 digit number like it's nothing. Oh, there you go. hundred percent. That's exactly it. He read the book mm-hmm. and yep. the book is written by a guy. I want to say his name is James Foy or Frey or something like that. Um, I can't remember. His we'll find name. it. We'll, we'll find it. We'll link it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll link it, it in the episode. Uh, so. He is a journalist who writes about the he, who's like assigned or like interested in this world memory championship. And mm-hmm. he goes to research it and he ends up winning after a few years of studying because he meets the people who 
like are the winners and they like kind of take them under his wing and they're like, this is really easy. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be like a super genius. You don't even have to have a photograph. None of that. Like, you know, and photograph right. memory isn't even a real thing anyway. And so uh, uh, he uses these techniques and he ends up winning. And so if he can do it, wow. I can do it. And it's a great book. A really, really interesting book. I've seen similar themes to that. I mm-hmm. think just kind of along a different line where I think it was this uh, young lady that was trying to remember pie to like mm-hmm. the 500th digit and she just made up a story with the numbers mm-hmm. and was able to tell the story back and that's how she remembered it and it, mm-hmm. it really speaks to how the human brain works in an interesting way mm-hmm. and then you start like putting them in groups of like three and you remember like like the set of numbers you yeah. turn that into a visual of a person doing an action on an object and then create a mental image around that it's wow the pao person action object technique that is so cool that is so cool okay so i'm gonna go back a little bit because when i was reading something and you uh first came onto the challenge it said there was a quote that you said i went onto the real world so i could be on the challenge for sure Mm -hmm. um were you a big fan of the challenge prior to you actually being on it Mm -hmm. okay now Mm. follow-up question is do you still watch the challenge even after everything no i don't i had a like uh it was too I never watched seasons that uh, I never watched it after I got kicked off because it was like too painful for me to see what I didn't get to do. And yeah. I didn't watch any of the seasons that I wasn't on with the exception of ones that we watched for the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I'm not, yeah, I don't really watch. I don't, I haven't really watched it. Just not I mean, we watch just it a- for the show. We watch it for the mm-hmm. podcast and we do a live Q and a every week where we watch, or I mean, when the challenge is on, um, we did it with the first season of all stars and we're doing it with the real world homecoming right now, where we watch that and then can chit chat with our fans and the audience about what's going on kind of more behind the scenes. But now I, I do not, I don't watch it, you know, just myself or cause it's, it's like knowing how the hot dogs are made. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, that's what everybody says. Now, yeah. I have a follow-up because I know you've said a couple times that you would never go back to the challenge. Well, your yeah. your your past and your life. And I, I assume that includes Well, all- I say I now I say I will go back when they provide adequate health care mental mental health care. That is correct. Love it. So and that would open my question to like all stars where it's more of a shorter session. It fits more into an adult's life, you know what I mean? That has a job. If they provided that and I got a very I would I would consider it if that right. were provided and all like, like almost like saying I, 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 I'm in a way like protesting. It's like my own little protest of like, right. It's yeah. not going to do anything for me to do it. But maybe if a hundred of us said, I'm not going on until you provide aftercare, mm-hmm. group therapy, whatever. Like it's very, it's very similar to what's been going on with Leroy. You know, he stepped away because of, you know, all the racism mm-hmm. and the issues in that area. And he said, you know, I'm I don't want to be part of this unless you guys are going to fix this. Mm-hmm. You need to find a way to fix it. You need so to find a way to that's fix. fair. You yeah. know, it's totally fair. Now, do you feel the same way about like doing a real world homecoming? Mm, yeah, I would. I do feel the same way about that. I don't think I don't even know if the other people on my cast would agree to that. I think real world homecoming is definitely different. And I really liked the last one that they did. I think that they gave them an opportunity to talk about some of the ways that you know, being on camera and being ex- exposed in that way affected mm-hmm. them, especially Danny and Melissa. Right. And uh, so I, I really appreciated the kind of conversations that were happening that just seemed a little different and a little more in line with 
um, you know, the things that Susie and I talk about on the show and um, the things I think need to be said. So I would do something, but I would, I would, I don't think they would cast me because they know what I'm going to be. I'm going to be like this on there and I'm going to be preachy and I'm going to be annoying to them. And I'm going to be like a little mosquito that won't go away. And that I'm going to be, I, I, there is not a dollar amount you could pay me at this. There isn't I, because it's about the principle. It's about the principle. And I am not one to like sacrifice like, or like ethics or, or my values for any of that for money. And, yeah. yeah. I just don't. And um, yeah, I, I, I think that it's more important to help the, the individuals than it is for me to, I don't know. It, go on there for like my own self-serving reasons. And um, also I think it is very hypocritical of me to be a therapist and say reality television is detrimental to your mental health and be like, I'm going to take a break for two months and go on reality TV. I'll be back in six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. That would be terrible. That would be completely, you know, detrimental to any sort of like therapeutic, like work that I'm doing with anybody who it did have that experience. And I just don't feel like it's a healthy place for people um, in general. And like now, you know, the, I don't know if it's age or with what I do for work or just my own personal growth and things like that. I value my own well-being and my own mental health. And I recognize environments and individuals that affect that in a negative way. And I choose to not engage with people or places or things or whatever that make me feel bad and uh, that seems like pretty obvious one so yeah um yeah that's fair i i I just have a little bit of a follow-up on that because one i i don't think mtv would cast you because you're going to shine such a bright light on this (laughs) and they're going to be like like, no that's yeah yeah they're scared of you yeah yeah they don't want that (laughs) it's like Um, so crazy because i'm like i'm here to help the the cast not to it's like the stuff I'm saying is like, you know, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's not mind bending. It all makes common sense mm-hmm. when you start thinking about it. Yeah. Um, and that kind of leads me into my next question, because you've had this growth in this time away and especially with your profession and being able to like specialize in with reality TV. Do you look back at your previous experience on reality TV with the challenge in real world in certain seasons, maybe where you look at it and you're like, I shouldn't have been on there. I wasn't in the right frame of mind to be on that season. Uh that's a really good question. I think that, you know, I'm like one of those annoying people that say like, I don't ever regret anything because it always kind of led me to where I am, you know, and yeah. uh, the one that was even the last season. So the last season I on Rivals 3, I went on there when I had just gotten married and yeah. my then husband did not want me to go, but I felt like I was losing so much of my identity and who I was in just getting married, losing my last name, you know, like all so much was changing that I think there was a part of me that really wanted a piece of what I believed the old Sarah was and wanted to kind of hold on to that of like define myself as somebody apart and aside from my husband. And, um, I, was it helpful to our marriage? No, but it also shed light on some things that were not healthy in our marriage and things that like the uh yeah just like differences in in yeah us and so i think that it helped me to 
see, you know, other parts of that relationship. So I can't say that like, oh, I wouldn't, I don't, I wish I didn't do it. But I think that that was one where, yeah, it was, it was, it affected how things were at home in a big way. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, no. That makes sense. Uh, And I, I think I'm very much on the same wavelength with you on that as far as like, even the worst things that happen in someone's life, it it affects you or you learn a lesson and it catapults you to where you're going next, right? Right. So it's hard to have any regrets unless, you know, you're locked up in the slammer, in my kind of opinion on that. But right. um, I just find it very interesting, too, because – and the reason I was asking that is because you have so much of an in-depth perspective on both sides mm-hmm. of it to kind of look back at it. So I will say that there were challenges that I do not feel like I was being my most authentic self. I think a good example of that is Fresh Meat. I went on there with – it was after the first season after the – uh, my my first season it was a, so yeah. it was my second season what I'm yeah. trying to say yeah uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm on there, sir. Uh, and um, I did not get this was at a time where cast members were getting um, uh, hired to do club appearances and yeah. at like a thousand two thousand dollars a night that sounded so great to me nobody was calling the sexual assault survivor camp counselor to do uh, any hosting yeah. at their nightclub. Yeah. I was yeah. like, and so everybody was giving me the advice. You got to be wilder. You got to be crazier. You got to be hooking up. You're not doing anything crazy. You're doing fucking crossword puzzles. No, nobody's going to invite you to anything. <laughs> so I went on cut or I went on fresh meat and was a very inauthentic version of myself who was like getting wild and crazy. I was drinking way more than I ever had. I was hooking up with, Vinny, Mm -hmm. you know, like none of this was behavior that I would say I was um, like felt authentic to me. And when I watched that season, I, I, that was the one where, especially like I, I cringed when I watch it because it was not who I am. And so that was part of the learning process, you know? Yeah. And then I came back and that's when like, nope, not hate that. Going to be authentic me again. Don't like that. That was very bad, 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 bad. So, and then I was. I was going to ask, did you get club appearances after that? One. Oh, well, all right. Well, <laughs> don't get too excited. They, the person I'm supposed to do it with, which was the band that sang the song Scotty Doesn't Know. Oh, oh no. my God. Never showed up. And so they didn't pay me. Oh, oh what? And it was on my birthday. That's oh, my God. Lovely. You know what? Yeah. So. I don't even know who that band is, but they owe you a performance. They really do. Yeah. I'm just saying. A birthday performance. I was like, this is the worst. This is why I don't, this is why I don't do this show. Right? <laughs> yeah. I did a lot of college speaking on. Well, that's cool too, like though. That. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what I've kind of noticed is that there was, there's kind of two different yeah. sets of people on the challenge. There was the club scene, which I was assuming, you know, bananas and guys <laughs> like that were doing all the time. And then there was the ones that we heard with MJ, which was going on college speaking towards yeah, all right. the time. Yeah. And so. Yeah, and two. that's really cool too. Yeah. And then I became an ambassador for a nonprofit organization called PAVE, which is promoting awareness and victim empowerment. I'm still an ambassador and speaker for them. And I now do um, trainings. Well, post pandemic, I've not done any, but before that, I used to do trainings at military bases on um, uh, working with people who have been victims of sexual assault and like yeah. trauma based uh, uh, care and in- informed trauma-based care for military members. Personnel. See, yeah. personnel. See, and that's, yeah. 
that's authentic, Sarah. Like I, 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 I could imagine that this, the club hostings and parties and stuff was, was enticing, right? Especially when you're younger, like, like that. make sure you ask for consent and get a designated <laughs> driver. They're like, nobody invite this girl again. <laughs> She's not. She's not doing anything yeah. for her. Sarah is just walking, walking around, handing out individual yeah. condoms. Like one hundred percent. That is it. Yeah. Not drinking. Yeah. yeah. Can I listen to go cup? No, not really. Do you guys? Do you guys do Shirley Temples? Yes, that would be me. That was me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bartended for a while. I, this is there's why always I like one. You so yes, much. there's always one. There's always one. Oh God! Yeah, the friend. We have yeah, yeah. We have Tony for that. He yeah. he levels us out. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, Tony. he does level out our crazy. Yeah. Tony, uh, we've chilling. been we've been dominating this interview. I know you have a bunch of questions for Sarah too, so I'm going to let you jump in, and I'm going to step away for a quick That's second, fine. guys. Yeah. Um, first off, more of a statement than a question. You had been talking about um, comedians on mm-hmm. the most recent um, Brain Candy, and you had talked about Tignataro, but Ugh, I, I wanted to know if you had heard of Mike Kaplan. Stand-up comedian. It's Mike M Y Q. His first name is spelled M Y Q. So, oh he's, no, yeah, he's fantastic. He does a lot of like wordplay and stuff like that. Um, so he's got a master's in linguistics as well. Oh, I'm already yeah. in. I love it. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> he's got a podcast called Broccoli and Ice Cream, and he invites people on to talk about like the work that it, they do in life, being the broccoli and the joy that they find being the ice cream. Um, and oh my god that's duality. adorable yeah so and he's cute. got like he's got a couple of, of albums like small dork and handsome um vegan mind meld is another one he's got no kidding which is about not wanting kids um and stuff like that so Good. i'm gonna check him out that sounds very great. much in that vein yeah yes. so i was actually I um, like looking for a my my wife is a teacher and i was looking for a book that she was trying to find and I was listening to that and I just kind of stopped in the middle of the room with a stack of like chapter books listening to that. And I was like, I need to remember to tell her about Mike Kaplan because I will forget. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I'm totally going to check that. It sounds like right up my alley. Yeah. And the other thing was like, I know that you had, you had been talking about um, being like an antique hunter and a bargain hunter, mm-hmm. everything like that. I would love to know what is like the biggest bargain that you have found like your holy grail my camping tent right your camping tent yes so my this uh, because cost per use i'm all about cost per use i'm like right frugal franny over here so it's got to be worth it right you have to use it enough times for it to be worth the money we just went through this (laughs) so the goodwill by my house in southern california where i used to live had some kind of like i don't know deal with target and they would get to all of targets like spillover products that maybe were returns that they like you know couldn't damage out or whatever it was and um they then target writes in sharpie like how much it should be and yeah. it was a perfectly good coleman tent six per, like a like two bedrooms this thing's oh. amazing oh my god that's they amazing. marked it as 29.99 Goodwill mistagged it as $2.99. And I got that camping tent for $2.99. <laughs> I've used that thing a thousand times. Wow. Practically paying me. It's like two, my favorite. Two room camping so, tent for $2.99. That's, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I use it all the time. It's my favorite. That is impressive. Favorite. <laughs> all I heard at the end was $2.99 for a camping A, a two room Coleman camping yes. tent, brand new from Great. Target's Goodwill spillover find. stuff that she found at Goodwill. It's my yeah. favorite treasure I found. I also just found a now and don't tell my co-host, but uh, 
she has German heritage, Susie Meister. And Mm -hmm. I was shopping at the Goodwill around here. And I found a vintage cuckoo clock from Germany that was $5.99. I looked it up on eBay, over $250 broken on eBay. So that's a big old come up. And she's getting that for her birthday. Right. That was the one you talked about and said that she was not allowed to know, but it was $5.99. Yes. Yep. So She's getting a cuckoo my, clock and it is so cool looking. Like nice. that is so cool. all hand mm-hmm. like carved. It's gorgeous. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see. That's fantastic. My grandmother was born in Holland and yep. she has one that her dad made um, who was originally from Germany. Um, same thing. Beautifully carved w- flowers carved into the wood. It is the most gorgeous thing ever. Yeah. You know, pine cone <laughs> okay. weights. It's, it's right impressive. here. I'm going to show you. Hang on. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm never going to say no to saying a cuckoo, seeing no. a cuckoo clock. No, there's not enough of those. I like that Rick leaves for two seconds and then she he comes back and we're talking bargain hunting. Right. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. Left like, on challenge. Come back to bargain hunting. Okie dokie. My headphones back in. Look at that cuckoo clock. <sighs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Is that cool or what? And it's got the pine cone thing. I'm going to send, have Karina send you the picture of the one I have. It is almost the exact same, just a little bit larger and dark brown. German brown. German brown. German (laughs) brand. Wow. Yeah. It is brown. It is. Yeah. It's beautiful. One more fun thing for you guys to see. I know this is the audio, but here's my Viking horns (sighs) from when I (laughs) won the uh, challenge in Norway. Are you kidding me? That is so awesome. That is the coolest thing ever. This is one of my most prized possessions. I, I did love that they gave us a wow. very real, very legit pewter Viking helmet with horns. It says hands something I can't pronounce pewter. Like, wow. This is, this wow. was, this is like, I love it. I like, that's incredible. Yeah, I like the things that they, we, we, we got like the little rocks that we collected on Rivals 3. I still have all those. I like those better than like the money I want, which is stupid. But I, I'm like a I'm like a weird collector lady. So my my parents run like their churchyard sale, mm-hmm. um, and I would always help them like go to the houses and get like lug some, lug some of the stuff out, aka get first dibs. And yes. I found this like vintage entertainment center, so it's like completely wood. It's got the hole for the TV. It had a radio and record player that was all tubes. Oof. It didn't necessarily work that side of it, but it looked fantastic. And throughout all of high school, that was my headboard. Oh, so cool. I, I put all of the books in where the TV was That's and just awesome. had that all set up. And then actually had my stereo system and record player on top of the record player that didn't function. But it was Somebody five, right? <laughs> five bucks. Nice. Yeah. Yes. That's a good price. Cost per use. Excellent. But um, just stepping back to the rocks, it's so funny because I actually found out about those rocks that you collected on your TikTok because they don't show that part of the final at all. It's so weird. Yeah, because the only person excited about it was me. And <laughs> they don't care to show any of that. They're like, no, no, we got to show her sad. She's too happy well, about the rocks. Cut that right, out. exactly. Yeah. I was like, oh, I should have been like, look at this gemstone. And like, Cut it, edit it. They're like, she's supposed to be sad. Yeah. I'm gonna be um, honest. Like, if I won that Viking helmet, I don't think I would ever take it off. Yeah, it's, I would wear it. To I work. have I have been trying to to work in uh, like hand uh, what are they called uh, shield maiden as a 
as a yeah, Halloween right? costume. <laughs> like I, I'm gonna be maybe like like yeah, Viking witch this year. So I'm I always love a witch. That. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I actually I had this fan question come through and I wasn't sure if I really wanted to, um, you know, kind of talk about it or whatever. But after talking with you about everything that goes on in the challenge with, you know, mental health and all of that, I think it's actually something uh, that would be good to, to talk about is there's a huge um, idea mm-hmm. or conception in the fan base that you did not return to the challenge because bananas took your money. Yeah, I love what they also thought I was blacklisted. I was like, yes. Where do you think this is? talked about production. It was in one of the top 10 things about Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I feel like, I feel like after talking to you today, it, it almost feels like it has more to do with production yeah. than necessarily bananas. So I wanted to just kind of like give you a, a, a second yeah. to address that because that's like the biggest thing people say is that Sarah doesn't Sarah <laughs> never came back because it's bananas so stole her money. No, I like to, to allow something like that to take up any space in my mind would be a waste of mental energy and space. Yeah, I, I at the time, I, I mean, I was married for five years and I did that challenge, but no joke, three months after I got married, maybe even less. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I had made a promise to my then husband that I wouldn't go back on the challenge. And so that that and we discussed how that wasn't a healthy environment and that just in general. And then I started grad school. That's the big thing yeah. they don't for, for, say. I started grad. I was. I got yeah. my acceptance letter while I was on the challenge. Wow. Oh, okay. And yeah. so I left the challenge, and immediately that fall started grad school. Mm-hmm. Why would I give up a career where I make more money than I do going on the challenge? Yep. Do go to that, and also like. This is my lifelong dream. This is the thing that I want to do. The thing that sent little Sarah said, I want to be this. And Mm -hmm. now I got accepted into the best college for this. There is. And I was one of eight people in my program. Like not a lot of people get to do this. Yeah. I'm taking that. And as soon as you start working with client, like I have a full client load. It is client abandonment. I will lose my license if I say, bye, I'm going to go be on a challenge that is unethical and not allowed in my profession and not anything I would do. And I have been working with clients for the past four or five years. So I was either in grad school and anybody who's brought into grad school, you don't get a break. You don't get get time off. There's no, there's no summer, (laughs) summer, they don't even have a winter. That's that's, you're lucky if you, you're lucky if you sleep. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> there, there, there was not, I was, it was so much work. Yeah. I, yeah. I was going to say the closest equivalent I've heard uh, to having a baby is going to grad school with yeah. the lack of sleep you're going to get. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I even got like, I got eczema. I had like, was so stressed. My skin broke out. I'm like weird, patchy, like, wow. like my, they were like, oh, are you stressed? I'm like, yeah. A little bit. Like, like, <laughs> just so stressful all the time. Yeah. And uh, people say like, I'm like, don't do it. Like, you know, so, um, yeah, I was doing that and mm-hmm. do it, living my dream. Yeah. yeah. And that, and that makes more sense, you know? And that was just, like I said, that Can you was imagine? something. Oh, <laughs> is the reason I'm not living my best life. 
No, it's because I have a better life. It's exactly. Not- well, and that, hang on. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, just no, one, no, I just have one follow-up question with that. Um, and this is actually um, from one of our most avid supporters of our podcast. So I just want to make sure that I get this one in. Um, and that's Brian. Shout out to Brian. Um, but anyway, um, he wants to know, and this just kind of since we're already on this subject, he wants to know if you have been able to forgive Johnny for yeah, what happened. I don't, I, I have no, like, like I said, this t- it takes up zero room in my mind yeah. or heart or anything. He did exactly what production wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. He did exactly what the fans and viewers wanted him to do. I do not fault him at all for any of those things. Would I do it? No, because I am a kind of person. Right. But, uh, and I couldn't, I couldn't live with myself. That no. would, that would really eat me up. I really couldn't do that. But do I blame him? No. If any, the only thing that I am upset about is the way that I'm portrayed. Well, I don't know if it's even portrayed, but the way that MTV and, and, you know, that whole world speaks of him cheating. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the openness of giving, like they gave him a fine. Right. That's he talks about. So we know it happened. He mm-hmm. was fined. Mm-hmm. And then they like to say, uh, we have no comment or we cannot confirm this. And like there, everybody, and there was, there's an entire crew and the other castmates. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Devin exactly. has said this. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He, like, and the other ones won't say it because it's Johnny's cousin. Yeah, yep, you don't think exactly. he got a little kickback for keeping his mouth shut? Uh-huh. Like, and it's MTV is like Golden Boy. They're not going to say, "Oh yeah, he cheated." Yeah, and, and we there, let him. <laughs> yeah, there was a meeting that was held with the legal team, and they had a conversation. And I know this because the psychiatrist told me this. Mm-hmm. They said that there was a meeting about who would be more litigious if we changed the result or if we took away Johnny's money. Is Sarah going to be more litigious and try to sue us because he cheated and she didn't get a fair go at it? Or right. is Johnny going to be more litigious? Well, I don't know. Maybe the guy who's already sued you. Yeah. Or sued HBO for using his name and lost. Uh, oh, wow. I didn't even yeah, know about he that. Sued, he sued uh, the show Entourage or attempted to, to press charges oh, against right. Entourage for like, like use of character likeness or whatever, because they had a show on there called Johnny's Bananas. And so he said, oh, that's me. And, take oh. my, and he didn't win. God. So um, he says it was because of like, like a statute of limitations on it and like when things were filed. Uh, oh, so good. he has a history of going after people and suing shows. So they're not going to, to do that. Right. They're that going leads- to. And his contract says that if you are caught with any substance that you do not have a prescription for, then you are fined a dollar amount. Right. And he, I remember when we were on the uh, shooting an after show and I was like talking to him about it and he goes, yeah, I'm no dummy. Of course, you know, of course I'm going to do this. I'll take the $3,000 fine any day when I got 300 grand. I just won or however much it was. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this is very, so that the, the, it, and, and what it really boils down to is just two different kinds of people, you know, I, so that would be like, I, I don't. If it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Yeah. He's a duck. So I am not going to expect anything other than duck-like behavior. Right. And so do I, am I angry or upset or or still, do I forgive him? Do I forgive a duck for being a duck? Yeah. Be a duck. 
Doesn't mean yeah. I have to like the duck, but doesn't mean yeah. I have to. Add. Yeah. Yeah. This this brings me to a question that I have for you, Sarah, because I've heard a lot of this conversation because this this topic brings up is brought up often, obviously, yeah. and I've heard you discuss it at length. Um, but I've also heard I also know that Bananas likes to use your image quite a bit in his materials. Yes. Mm-hmm. Have yes. you sent him a cease and desist yet? <laughs> the Brain Kenny podcast absolutely has. Wow. Good. Good. Yes. Good. I love it. Because, I love look, I, I've gone through. What he it. has done is illegal in the state mm-hmm. of California, and you cannot do that. He profited from. Your likeness. My likelihood, and really, who should sue him is MTV because that's was, their image that he's using. Right. But they mm-hmm. don't care because it's promotion for it's promotion know, for them. For them. Yeah. So like they, they don't. That's the, none of this is fair, just or blah. So we just no. have to like leave it over there and like it's all about money. Yeah, I don't think about this shit. Ever. Oh, and that's what I was curious about because I know that was a big thing. He was trying to share those pictures, and it's like well, he sold them. Sold he was them. Yeah. Sold them. Signed. Yeah. yeah he signed like, copies of them. Jesus. Crazy. Right. I was like, what? <laughs> I couldn't I believe mean, like, that. Did people ask him if he's over it? Because I don't think he's he not. Is. He's, he's like, not. I live rent free in that guy's head. You he do. So who's really? Right? I mean, like, ooh. you know what? It's it's yeah. I, I don't. I don't want to say that he like feels guilty or anything like that, but when you do shitty things, sometimes that just lives with you forever. You know, it is and, interesting how his reasoning behind it it just morphs and evolves and changes over oh, the all years. The time. And I'm like, yeah. Okay, what do we get to say this week of that? Oh yeah, oh now it's because I'm like that. Okay, <laughs> see, that, that's <laughs> my thing. Just be accountable. Just be like, I wanted the money. I just yeah, wanted the money. I'm yeah, not, I do not fault him for yeah. doing anything that he did. It's just how they. And then they, when they said, when MTV cut, like they, I had interviews with People Magazine, things like that, and MTV intercepted them and told the people that I had interviews with, I was not available for interviews because I was in school. Oh, now you want to care about my school. <laughs> Never cared about it ever before. And like, now wow. we're going to use it? What, when I was like, ah, I got the weekends. I, got, I don't start till 10. Or whatever, you know, like, yeah, I, I, that, there was time. I would. They didn't want. They didn't want you talking about the Adderall. Well, they want and all me that. talking about that. So exactly. Whatever. I, I give up. I don't care. So that's that actually like topped one of our lists. Like we did a show about like the biggest challenge conspiracies, and it was like, well, this is because fans, fans still believe that it's a conspiracy. There's it's a lot of fans out there yeah. who were like, no, that never happened. There's no proof. I of don't it. know how to prove. I don't know what I need to do. What I can't. I well, and we've talked to Devin before, Devin Walker, and he even confirmed. He said the yes. same thing you said. Yeah, like like you said, he's said it before. He's said it on our podcast. He said it on other podcasts. Like. It's real, guys. <laughs> and Johnny was doing that all the time. He like offered it to me too. I was like, no, I'm good. And the crazy part is I actually have ADHD and have a prescription now. I would have loved to have it then. Maybe it would have been a more even playing field if I were also medicated with the thing that I, that's like the whole that you were supposed to for be. me. Like that it was after being off the show. When I went into, when I was in grad school and I was in my assessments class yeah. and they give us assessments to like take. And I was like taking the ADHD assessment. And I was like, wait a sec. I think I have ADHD. My professor was like, you don't know you have ADHD? (laughs) Yeah. Here's a referral. You definitely need to go talk to them. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then they took, gave me this whole test. And they were like, oh, you're off the charts. Here's your prescription for Adderall. Right. Three years after Johnny got caught with Adderall. I was like, okay. I I actually needed it. Right. Like, I don't know. That just story is just so funny how that, that all weird it's coincidences yeah yeah so all right this is kind of like a random question i'm asking this because you've seen both of these men kind of evolve over the challenge over the time Mm -hmm. 
And that's with CT and Bananas. Is there mm-hmm. a real rivalry there between those two? No. There's no. no real rivalry between anyone who's done yeah. any more than four of these because they get what they're doing. They understand. Look, Wes and Johnny are popping all the time. They're fine. Yeah. There's, there's no rivalry. But they just had their celebrity sleep. The only it. rivalry, the only thing that I could think of is like, I bet, I think Wes really doesn't like Kenny because of Johanna stuff. Right. And yeah. that, so like, that's it. It's yeah. like, unless it's personal with like relationships. Right. Nobody show show drama and stuff yeah, yeah I, and that's what i kind of thought because of like even the way they did the exes like you and jordan were exes but you guys made out you one night out one, one time. time yeah <laughs> but, i would have liked to but you know well i look i don't fault you i would have made out a, with him he's a pretty guy yeah. I, he's I a pretty guy <laughs> i can't blame you it was hard to sit across the screen yes. from him last weekend i was like so cute. you have to talk yeah. you have to talk yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i can't talk right now <laughs> Well, and I mean, it goes back to like what you said. Everything happens for a reason. You made out with him, and he led you to a. You guys led each other to another to the win. That was like such a great win. You guys were such a great two underdogs. Oh my god, that night when I watched it back, that like when we're by the fire and I'm like crying and I'm just like, it just is hard for me. Oh my god, I'll cry right now thinking about it. Like it's just hard for me because nobody ever believed in me, and he was like, nobody believed in you. How do you think I feel? And held his hand up, and I was like, oh. I like lost it. It was like yeah. the production was like we were bawling. They were like like we were crying so hard when you guys were having that conversation. It was beautiful television because it was a beautiful human moment. It was. It, it was. Well, oh, I mean, even even like that um, that round the bases challenge that you guys did, oh. where you had to. You they were didn't like, even realize that, and production afterwards were like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. We didn't even realize." You were calling them out as you guys were doing it. You're like, "He only has one fucking hand. How is he supposed to do this?" You guys gave us a challenge where you have to screw something into a guy with one hand. Fuck you guys. Like, yeah, yeah. think is we did not lose that. No. So, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. You got like third or fourth place. Yeah. So, and you wow. you still made one of the most fucking boss moves on Johnny. And the oh, only yeah. reason he's butthurt is because it's right. the exact same shit he would do. Yep. My only regret is being as upset as I was about that and like letting myself feel that like just I like collapsed. It was so feel bad. Yeah, that was the, just because I knew the emote like what was coming for but But I stamped that was of course I did that. Where do you think I learned it? That's the thing too. taught me that move. Like right. the two, yeah, the two times that that has happened, like predominantly in the challenge, Tony and you yep. to him and the two times it's the people who are like, I know that this is the move that you would have made because you mm-hmm. basically taught you me how taught to do me. the thing. And there's a uh, one difference in the between me and Tony and why mm-hmm. he can forgive Tony and not me. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's 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 painfully obvious. Yeah. It really is. It really is. Right. Yeah, it, it it truly is. And, and it, it actually, I have a quick question, just because I've always kind of wondered this, kind of the same way how they'll you know portray like rivalries that aren't really rivalries just for mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. I always wonder if they do that for like friendships. Like you and Johnny were always portrayed, especially when you came mm-hmm. back on Rivals Three, that there was this huge shattered friendship. Yeah. There's no but it never really friendship. seemed like that on. Yeah, oh, it never really it? seemed like that before. So I was always confused by that. Because is he in that group of five people that I actually care about? No, right. he barely makes the cut of the 50 or 200. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's what I was yeah. going to say is like, like they made it sound like they tried to make it seem like, you know, he you destroyed some epic mm-hmm. lifelong friendship, friendship with him by like, sending him in. And it's like, I didn't even know they were that close. I like, like, we hung out a few times, like 
We're friendly. Yes, I was friendly with everyone on that yeah. show. Right. Everybody. Oh, are you friends with Sarah? I mean, there's a very few people who are like, oh, yeah, I don't like her. And it right. kind of tells me a little something about who they are. If you're like, I'm like, you know, like, who doesn't yeah. like yeah, no. <laughs> I hate to be like that, but I'm very lovable. <laughs> and I'm very understanding of other people and very forgiving. So people who have been cruel and awful to me have great relationships now. Yeah. 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 Well, and. I think it also speaks to how well you did in a game of deceit and lies and Mm -hmm. maintained integrity. Thank you. I also never lied. I would omit the truth, but I made sure that I would not lie on those things. And there's a difference between not telling someone mm -hmm. something and lying. Correct. I did not lie. I can honestly say that. And oh, does that feel good? Because I am a terrible liar. (laughs) Mostly because I can't do it is why I didn't (laughs) tell in a second. And the fact that you did so well. I'm trying to think you did nine seasons, five five finals, finals. two wins. I mean, and to me, it's six and two elimination record. Yeah, it speaks volumes that like if you would have... Obviously, it wasn't your path to do more seasons, but if right. you were to like do as many as Kara mm-hmm. or as many as some of these other women have done, that arguably we'd be having a conversation of, and I know this probably means jack squat now because it's not a priority <laughs> in your life, but uh, that you would be considered like one of the goats of the female cast of all time. She's, and, and she's you're in the conversation already, but I think it would be constantly, a close constantly put on Mount Rushmore of challenge. Thank you. Constantly. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think yeah. I think the the four most constant ones that I see is Cara, Laurel, Sarah, and Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Those are the four girls Thank that I so see most much. constantly named on Mount I mean, Rushmore, and I think it's appropriate. I would omit one from that list. I know you would, and add Emily <laughs> instead. I but would as well. I would put Emily. Know. But and the only problem is the puzzles. Amazing. Yeah, the yeah, puzzles. but yeah. she'll kick my ass in anything. I will say we now live at the same elevation. So maybe like oh, oh, Jared, you were like yeah. we can be matched in our card right? this time. I'm just kidding. She's was, beast. Oh, she destroys me. This is what she does professionally. I'm a fucking therapist. I sit and talk for a while. <laughs> I just I, anytime incredible. I think about Emily, I just I think of that part from I think it was Battle of the X's one where she just flipped Kara over, almost broke her neck in that oh, pole yeah. wrestle. Oh, my God. And I'm just like, yeah. and it's not like Kara's a joke, you know. Right. She's, no, she's even tough. at that time, she was yeah. tough and yeah. in yeah. shape. And yeah. it was just like, yeah, Emily's that's when I realized I was like, oh, there's there's different levels of people. Yes. on this show. They're not all the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I want to know more about the Brain Candy podcast. When did you start that and why? What made you want to start it? Yeah. So Susie had we started in, I believe, t- 2015. And Susie already had a podcast called The Meisterpiece. And I where she had interviewed celebrities and people on reality TV, this, that, and the other. And uh, I came on as a guest mm. and the chemistry was so, I mean, she was my best friend from the challenge. So it was already right. great. And we just laughed and laughed and we had such great chemistry. We play off of each other so well. The, the, the things that I have, like we balance each other out really well. She's kind of like the, you know, uh, uh, rain it all in, like, like drive the ship kind of yeah. person and i'm like i don't know whatever is not that right <laughs> whatever that the opposite energy of that yeah. is i'm gonna so fly like, by the seam of my pants yeah, yeah right yeah. yeah so uh so it just it was it was great and i remember our first episode that we did of the masterpiece episode that we did we just talked about some of the funny behind the scenes things that happen on challenges and i remember laughing so hard about the visual of these 
pretty girls in bathing suits mm-hmm. trying to drag uh, what always ends up in the pool, which are the uh, uh, like pool lounge chair cushions. Somebody yeah. always thinks it's a good idea to use that as a flotation device. None of them are flotation <laughs> devices every single time. Every, I'm not kidding. This happens in every season. Oh my, oh my God. God. It ends up sinking to the bottom. And then sure enough, one of these girls in a bikini it will try to then drag it out of the pool. And it's just like, looks like they're like trying to move a <laughs> dead body. And yeah. it is the, one of the funniest images in our head that we just laugh and laugh and laugh. Oh and my laugh. God. And like, when will they learn? And, <laughs> and it was it. So it was just like, just that, just like a very simple, like thing, like silly thing. And I think we have a show here and um, yeah, we're just like brainy girls who like to learn and like to laugh. And, you know, we uh, started doing a lot of content or a lot of uh, a challenge content and talking about like, my time in the show. It gave me an opportunity to explain more of my side of what happened with Johnny. So I thought it was wonderful for that. And then as it grew and as we grew as people and it kind of developed who we are outside of the show, we evolved the show with that. And we kind of broke it off into two different sections where now we have the brain Kenny podcast where we, uh, you know, we're just like here to make you laugh and make you learn. And it's fun and educational. And we kind mm-hmm. of cater to like the brainy crowd who also likes a fun fact and would be like into like that moonwalking with Einstein kind of thing. It's like that, but a podcast. And um, then we have our Patreon where we do a lot of brain or a lot of challenge related content. And we have uh, what we call 15 minutes of blame where we uh, interview um, well, Susie interviews uh, all p- people who have like everyone you could ever imagine. We have like hundreds and hundreds, like for real interviews with every cast member, cast members that you have never heard from in years and years and years. Susie is so good at connecting with that like old school challenge like crowd and like real world and world rules crowd. So we have great interviews with people who've never been on challenges, but your favorites from way back when. And then we do our live Q and a each week where we watch the most recent season. And we kind of talk about more of the stuff that, you know, you and I, you guys and I have been talking about in here, like behind the scenes, mental health stuff, you know, what maybe production could be like, because Susie's husband is the audio mixer from our, my first challenge and her last challenge, the challenge where we met, she met her husband. So very good challenge for Susie. She won the right? challenge, got yeah. a best friend, and a husband. And a so. husband. <laughs> that was uh, the runes, right? The runes. Yes, the runes. Yeah, the runes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember the, the one that sticks that out with me crazy. every time I think of Susie is that elimination on the runes where she's doing yes. that. Like it was almost like a pole wrestle. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, she's yeah. so good. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Kimberly, I think she kicked her yes. ass. Yes. And she's body slammed her. Like had, her knee was so bloody after that. Uh, that was oh very God. dangerous. Yeah. They just put a big old metal, like, Circle like like a yeah. metal weird thing. And then they removed for the guys because they were like, oh, that was a bad idea. And yeah. like you know, like body <laughs> slamming people onto like a, a what looked like a gong, like a yeah. big metal, like round yeah. thing, just like wrapped in rope. We're like, why would they do this? It's so, so weird. Again, things that they don't foresee. They don't, they think, don't think like about. somebody's really gonna body slam somebody here to win this money. <laughs> I think honestly, and, and this is like, I haven't really, I've talked to them a little bit about it, but I haven't really said this publicly. I think the challenge is heading down a road where somebody is going to get traumatically injured because yeah, of a pole wrestle. Yeah. I mean, Tony even more so. Uh, Tyler had three broken ribs, a broken oh, wrist from Latarian slamming him down because in, in the pole wrestle, too, yeah. yeah, the pole wrestle, they should do it the way they did on the duel where you're, you can't stand up. You have to stay on your knees. So that limits mm-hmm. the impact. 
they because don't, they don't have that. Yeah, rule anymore. These guys are not getting any younger. So that impact when you're yeah. 40 plus hurts and not to take away anything from the guys from the earlier season. Cause there, there's some beasts like Brad mm-hmm. and Derek and all that. Mm-hmm. But now it seems like every guy that comes in there can power clean 500 yes. pounds. Yeah, you know, it's like somebody's yes. going to get really right. hurt. Right. And this whole idea of the fifth sport is never going to happen until they have regulations put yeah. in place. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. they don't like Chet split his chin open in the Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. And they said, and he was like, I need plastic surgery. Like this is going to cause permanent scarring. Yeah. And they wouldn't do that. They were like, now nah, we're just going to sew you up if you want to go back in. You just have to do this. It's like you go home and you forfeit your money or like to go back home and fix your face. Yeah. Or you can stay on here with permanent scarring for what? Five grand? Yeah. Yeah. No, like in anywhere else, that's a workman's comp case. Right. And there's no such thing. Uh, Hmm. uh, 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 Tim Beggy has permanent nerve damage in his knee from the uh, like cold water and then hitting it through like he had to break through glass and he yeah. had glass shards. His knee is permanent nerve damage in his knee that they will not cover you for anything that does it. Like if it happens outside of like, if you don't get medical attention while you're on the challenge, they're like, no, I still have my finger. I, I broke my finger on the cutthroat challenge playing football with what was his name? Who actually played was like an NFL kicker. So oh, CJ. No, CJ. Was it CJ? I think no, it was. What's his name? No, it was, was it, um, was CJ on that show on that season? I can't remember. I'm like trying to remember. Yeah, no, the guy he was on. No, Cutthroat was uh, it CJ was, wasn't it was not on Cutthroat, that. it was Fresh Meat. Oh, on what Fresh Meat. What the hell was his name? He was the kicker for the like, he was like a, a alternate kicker for the NFL. I'm pulling something. up the cast list right now because it's gonna, but he bug played me. football and I want to say he was on the he was a little cutie, he was on like the the um. Can was it Cancun season? That was that would, that would be CJ. CJ. Yeah, that would be CJ. Maybe it is. Yeah, because he does all the men's health. That yeah, would make more we sense. Were, like, actually, playing football, and I jammed my finger, and now it's like oh, wow. that forever. And I knew that if I asked for medical, I definitely broke it. And if I asked for medical attention, they would like send me home. So I just took a nail file and broke it in half, and used band aids to tape a nail file to keep it straight. And did the rest uh, of the challenges like that because I'm like, oh, I'm not going to talk about my broken finger. Right. I'm going to go home. I don't want to be like everybody else. And so, yeah, they don't take it. And I'm not like, I'm this finger never going to get fixed. So it's such weird and lumpy. That's crazy. Gosh. So, like, I've talked to certain people like uh, Brandon Nelson, who was on Fresh mm-hmm. Meat too, mm-hmm. and 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 there's certain people. He's a great guy. I, I feel love like him. love him. And he's amazing. Very much like you. I feel like you you two have been screwed over like on a basis that wasn't your fault on the show mm-hmm. multiple multiple times oh god um whether yeah. talk about that yeah. how many times you got screwed over on partners mm-hmm. yeah Ugh. like yeah wasn't the best not the best of luck with those partners i mean i understand i like i understand obviously them kicking Vinny off they needed to do that that oh, was yeah. that was the right move but why the hell did they not have an alternate i have no because i didn't make out with anybody else yeah, well, they couldn't. Well, you know, you didn't I have know. a lot of rivals, but they I still know. found did one you, for you. Did you look at anybody a certain way? Right, like, right. That's all they see. Where's Kenny? 
bring him in here. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Kiss him on the cheek once. I remember that. Oh my God. I remember that. She grabbed CT's hand when the handwriting thing happened. There we go. There you go. Relationship. There was a spark. There was a spark for sure. Yeah. One time I kissed Laurel in a hot tub. Couldn't we have sent her out there? Right. Yeah. That That would have been an amazing team. Right. That would have been a great team. Yeah. Yeah. Great. They should have done that. But yeah. You know, it is what it is. Uh, It still sucks. It's annoying. It does. Yeah. So this is actually a really lighthearted question. This is more for me doing uh, graphic design and promotion later. Um, mm-hmm. We typically do videos um, where it'll be, you know, our logo and all that. And eventually your picture will pick up. Um, but I like to put it to music that you enjoy. So is there like a hype song that you like to listen to when you're working out? Or the way I would phrase it for someone currently mm-hmm. in the challenge is if you were about to go into a pole wrestle or hall brawl and you need to get worked <laughs> up, what song are you listening to? Yeah. I'm going to go with it would it would definitely be like like a misfits dig up her bones. I love it. Yeah, it'd be like misfits or rancid for sure. <laughs> I can dig it. I like that. You know, because even though I was the camp counselor, when they said she's the punk from San Francisco, they did. They were not incorrect with my music preferences. <laughs> so, I love it. You yes, know, what? I, I was, love that. I was almost hoping for no effects, but I'll take misfits. Yeah. You know, no effects is a little too lightweight for me. I needed, like, I needed something where it was like more death references. <laughs> yes. I love See, that. For me, like for if you're going to go misfits for me, it has to be uh, Helena or Helena. Just oh, like, that's a good one. That, that yeah. Beat. That, oh, yes. 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 Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yes. But like, dig up her bones when I'm about to go against a chick. Oh, yeah. Oh. Hell yeah. Dig up her bones. Oh, yeah. Yes. This is this yeah. is happening. I'm making this as soon as we get off this so interview. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted, when I was younger, I wanted to be in a cover band called the Misfits, M I S S Fits. Oh, nice. That was only like in my that. head because I had no musical like abilities at that time. So Tony told me this, uh, and I don't know if he got it from the 10, uh, 10 things about Sarah that you don't know or not, but that you love uh, plays on words. Is that correct? I do. I do love a play on words. So we have a theme with Tony, which is if he thinks of a pun, just say it. There are no bad puns. You just have to deliver them and we'll deal with it as we go. So yep. we appreciate that. I think that's yep. the yes. way to go about it. We did just talk on our podcast about a uh, neurological disorder that causes you to make excessive puns. So um, now my, those yeah. people, I'm like, eh, maybe mm. we got a little bit of that. Mm. Tony, She's like, yep. I think you have that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't let my wife listen to that episode. Yeah, like the dad joke disease. I like to call yep. that disease, yeah, having a child because everything yeah. is oh, a joke God. at that point. I did see a preview I, and I haven't gotten a chance to listen to it, but I just saw it and it really piqued my interest. And it was you and Susie talking about um, how there's the double standard of fandoms towards certain oh, things yes. with men yes, yes, and yes. women. Yes. And I, I haven't listened to it yet. And I, I don't want you to give away the whole tapes, but if you maybe want to talk about it a little bit more, and that's something we can link as well for you. Yeah. That there's the, you know, this kind of like we, we allow there's more space for men to have these hobbies, these like these to be these, you know, wild and crazy fans or to to love something like, say, you know, Star Wars. And I do understand women love Star Wars, too, but we're just going to use that as an example. Um, I feel that, you know, they'll be like grown men well into their you know 40s who are like collecting lightsabers and playing with all this stuff. But if you had a woman who was well into her 40s collecting in sync memorabilia yep. or like something that she loved from their childhood 
you'd be like, it's different. weird. And we're the things that men have green lighted, like, yes, we're allowed to like this and we're allowed to be obsessed fans with this. You know, we're allowed, like, it's okay. You know, for example, even like sports fans, you know, when like the, the, the team wins and like uh, these guys like break, push down like light posts and are like, like setting tear cars up on cities. fire, yeah. yeah, tear up cities. But if some women, like the idea of women like crying and fainting at like, you know, Beatles, my references yeah. are dated. Yes, I know. But uh, they're, yeah. they're like crazy and like they're like obsessed fans and like sir, name anybody popular now. But uh, no, no, we know Beatles. We don't, love it. we don't know either. So Beatles were. I already, I already used my Justin, not Justin, like, see, I didn't even do it right. Justin Bieber reference. So like, right. That's all I got. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So it's just interesting that we allow that, and it's just it, it it's just uh, uh, you know all these things we talk about on the podcast are things to kind of hold in your mind when you uh, uh, they're just like, we encourage people to kind of think different. And maybe, maybe it makes you kind of connect the dots or think about what yeah. you want to like push back and ask like, why is that? And if like, you can turn to flip something around, you know, and, and switch the roles, you know, well, if we had a female do this and a male do this and you think it's funny or think it's, Oh, that would be weird. Then this is something we kind of need to look at. And that's right. Yeah. I, I think maybe, maybe, it's because we're broaching this subject and I'm having the ability to think about it and I'm not just having a natural gut reaction on it. But like the idea of a, a, a guy being into baking or sewing or anything mm-hmm. doesn't bother me at all. Just as much no. as her being into star Wars or she's really the challenge fan here, not me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, and, mm-hmm. and I encourage that because she encourages, you know, my, my fandom and things. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's mutually beneficial and makes you happy. And I think that's a very interesting subject to kind of like, and yeah. I'm, I'm going to listen because I want to hear more on your guys's take on yeah, that. And it's often how they're, they're uh, written about or talked about in, you know, magazine publications or you know well how we kind of view that like female fandom is yeah. n- is looked down upon and male fandom is is you know appreciated and celebrated and we, like celebrated we give them like mm-hmm. the past we're like yeah yeah they have a hobby mm-hmm. we uh all cards on the table my first proper date with my now wife we went to a hansen concert Oh, cool. Um, with uh, with another couple. And I still remember we were it was at a casino and we went up in the elevator and it was just the two couples. The doors open and there's like a long line of women. Mm-hmm. And as we're getting out of the elevator, I said to, to the other guy, I was like, well, looks like we're a bit outnumbered, like nothing mm-hmm. major. Just kind of mm-hmm. like said it in mm-hmm. passing. And there was a gentleman who wasn't there for the concert. He was just at the casino and he was getting on the elevator as we were getting off. So I just said to to my friend, I was like, well, we're a bit outnumbered. And the guy who's getting on never, never met him before goes, yeah, you are. And he said it as the doors were closing. And it was just that moment right out of a movie. Yeah, kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, well, yep. we're going to go enjoy the show. Enjoy yep. the ride back down yeah. in the elevator. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're like looking at, I'm probably looking at these female Hanson fans like, wow, these women are like out of control and crazy for this band and blah, blah, yep. blah. But we like totally allow men to do it too. Yeah, exactly. Whatever it is. Yeah. I think that's something that hopefully with given time changes just, Mm -hmm. you know, because society changes very rapidly now, but yeah, which can be for, I think it leans a lot more towards the good than it does Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. the bad, but there are Mm -hmm. bads, you know, there's a price for everything. Um, But I think at a certain point, we're going to get to a point where that's not an issue. Just like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you were to talk to a guy 20 years ago and he said, oh, I love watching anime. You'd be like, what the? What the fuck? Right, right. You yeah. know, but now Different, it's socially yeah. acceptable. Oh, right. 
And yeah. it's becoming even more acceptable as more and more women are coming out saying, mm-hmm. I love doing this or I mm-hmm. love this. And yeah, Megan and- Stallion loves anime. She talks about it all the time. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. <laughs> I see her tweet about it all the time. She sings yeah. about it. Yeah. Yep. Bro, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's great. <laughs> I'm going to go buy her album and, right now. Uh-huh. And uh, um, oh, what was the other one? I, was, I don't remember. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm going to ask a question, two questions that I ask every single guest that we have on here. Mm-hmm. Um, first one is, I know you're, you have no in, intention of ever going back, but let's mm-hmm. say hypothetically you did go back uh-huh. and you got to choose one other woman to work with and two men to work with in a season. So a group of four, mm-hmm. who okay. would those, who would those three other people be? Jordan. Um, I mean, Susie. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought that was a guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. Emily. Oh, and who would be our fourth guy. It's a guy that's like good, but oh, uh, Devin. I would I like love that. that. I love that's that. a well-rounded team. I know we could all cross the finish line. We got yep. people to handle the puzzle. We got people to oh, handle yeah. the cardio. We got people who are like, and everybody on that team uh, won't quit. Like there's no quit in them. Like if it's no. a last man standing, all of those people are going to do it until they have nothing left in the tank and they're comfortable being uncomfortable. That'd be a solid team. Yeah. And it's like not that. like Jordan's going to let anybody quit. No, Jordan's not going to let anybody slack off. No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I remember when we were during our final and like, there was a part where we we're riding our bike and we had just like made it all the way downhill. And then we get there and there's a U-turn sign. And I was like oh, no. so excited because I'm like, this is downhill. We're almost done. We could see the finish line. And they put up a U-turn signal to send us all the way back up the hill. And it was so steep. And I just told Jordan, I was like, Jordan, I just need a minute. I just want to let you know I'm going to cry right now. And <laughs> if, I just need you to give me this time to cry. And he's like, yeah, go ahead to cry. I'm like, okay, but like, you don't need to do anything. I'm just going to cry. Okay. Okay. And then just, just cry. Give me like, like two minutes, man. Yeah. <laughs> just be like two minutes like, to cry. Okay. To cry. <laughs> cry. Like, you don't need to do anything, but I'm going to cry. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then when we got to the bottom, they gave us a third bike to take up. So we had to, we had to climb the hill, ride, ride up it with not just our two bikes, but then a random third bike that we had to like, oh. what, what the, the heck? Hell. It's like, sometimes they're like making shit up as they go. They're like, hey, we got some extra bikes. What should we do this? I don't know. Maybe carry it back up though. Yeah, it's not they're, good. I want right? to carry it. You want to carry it? No, make them do it. Make them do it. And it's so funny when people ask us, like, especially <laughs> on the, on the, the Norway challenge, because that peak that we climbed mm-hmm. was so narrow and so sketchy at the top like it looks scary i did not want to i am a rock climber i have climbed the like second flat iron in colorado with no ropes it's like 900 feet i've done that no problem i mean a lot of it was scary shit but right uh did it and still i was scared to stand up wow on that mostly because the footwear we had was so terrible um and people always ask how do you get back down same way we got up yeah, so I lost out. three toenails going down that that um, uh, mountain because we did not have adequate footwear. We were wearing like the mesh shoes. We were just in like, I don't know, Mexico wow. or, or like wherever the heck we were and um, somewhere tropical. And we only had uh, uh, like me- these mesh like, like mount- with the now under miles armor. and miles on them under armor shoes that were like destroyed. We've been like in water with them. These things were not fit for our, like you look around. We're in Norway. Yeah. home of like hiking boots and like yeah flannel and and puffy down vests and we're like racing up this mountain in like a little t-shirt and uh uh, uh mesh <laughs> shoes like and the guy next to us like the 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 guides who are coming back down who are like telling me like you gotta go slow 
are like wearing like these alpine hiking boots with their trekking poles. And I'm like, yeah, we're not prepared. And so, yeah, so I lost, I lost three toenails on my way back down that mountain. Wow. Gosh, that, I, yeah, no, I mean, I always wonder how we got down that. That, well, and what I've always wondered, and I, I don't know how true this is. I've just always kind of assumed that it had to do with, um, his, you know, at that time it was recent with his injury, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's one of the only finals that TJ mm-hmm. is not waiting for you guys at the finish line. Was it because right, of- cause it was not safe to get him up or down. It was so narrow and yeah. sort of wow. so well, steep. So like the pitch was just so steep. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And there was no room. You couldn't even have the camera crew up there. All the shots are from far away or overhead shots of the drone because you couldn't even have a crew up there. It was too well, and, and you were on the season that he came back from his mm-hmm. accident, right? On Rivals mm-hmm. 1. I thought mm-hmm. that was such a, cr- that moment was Oof, insane. That was emotional. Yeah. 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 I that bet. was really crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, do you, do you still talk to TJ at all or just more like through social um, media? Nah, he, like through social media and stuff yeah. like that. You know, I, it was really nice that he had like said really wonderful things that like about like, and chose me as like the female partner that he would have wanted if yep. he were competing with somebody, which I like, I'm so honored to hear. And, um, you know, I think he, he was somebody who recognized my, that like no quit thing and my mental ability to just like have a good time. And like, yeah. see everything as fun and as an experience instead of something that we should be scared of. And so I really, and I tried to use that, you know, I talk to my clients about this all the time that, um, the physiological feelings of nerves and being scared, like, like being, like being nervous about something are the exact same physiological feelings as being excited about something. Mm-hmm. Right. It is a right. labeling problem. And we do, we label it in our brain. I'm, I'm this, I'm nervous. Oh, that that's something I should be scared of versus, Oh, I'm excited. That's a, it is. If you ask somebody, what does exciting feel like? They'll say racing heart, sweaty palms. I'm short of breath. I'm like on the edge of my seat. You say, what does it feel like to be nervous? Racing heart, sweaty palms. Da, da, da. So you can see me on a lot of these challenges doing laps with my hands, like in the victory position, like up in the air, because I know from being a psychology student that if your body does it, if you can like, like convince your body that you are excited, then your brain will believe it. So, and there's a great study that is the pencil study where they, they have people like measure their, how happy they are on a test. And then all they have them do is bite a pencil. And when you bite a pencil, it forces the corners of your mouth up and it forces you into a smile. And Mm. after people bite on a pencil for a minute, 30 seconds, their subjective happiness goes up because their body believes that they're happy because they're forced into a smile. So I use that same information to make myself excited about every challenge. So anything I was real, I remember being very scared of the one in Africa where we had to go down that ramp and I got, and I was the only female who swam in that one. That thing was scary. Yeah. that launched you fall. I think that, yeah. Was, and I was like a TJ design challenge, which are always the craziest. Yes. And that whole system, like we were being, that was like straight out of jackass shit. We were yeah. being like bungee launched <laughs> off of a platform into a pond pool yep. lake in the middle of Namibia, Africa, to swim to a platform that was so high and so hard to get. That was a very scary challenge. Like, and I could see a lot that could go wrong too. Yeah. And, uh, I just remember pacing around with my arms in the air, like, yes, I'm so excited. Like lying to myself, like, yes, this is so fun. This is so fun to convince myself that I was excited, not nervous. And so that was how I did it. And I think, I think TJ saw that as somebody who 
has had to convince himself to go down some pretty scary ramps, like way scarier than what I went down. Right. And was like, I, I get that. And then, so I, I liked that he was able to recognize that. And yeah. Well, and I was going to say, it feels like, I don't know if it was the same. <clears throat> and I know obviously your most recent season isn't that long ago, but your rookie season was quite a ways back. And I know the show's yeah. evolved and TJ's involvement has changed mm-hmm. over time. Dramatically. But like, I don't know if you saw this last season, um, one of the competitors, Nelson, got knocked out and TJ like came up to him and had a heart to heart saying, you know, I know it's tough now. And it's mm-hmm. and to me, it was one of the most enduring and best parts of the season. It still gives me goosebumps. And I'm, I was curious, what has that something TJ always done and they've just started airing it or mm-hmm. there was no. a big line like he could not. I remember I got in trouble in my first season because we all went on one of our days off. They like take us out to do stuff. We went to a Muay Thai fight. And TJ was sitting there like placing bets and everything. And I was just like, this T- I want to go talk to him. Like, T- like I have questions. I want, I like watched him on X games. Like, yeah, this I'm a cool. fan. I want to talk yeah. to him. And I was a fan. And yeah. like for what he did, like is a, 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 you know, BMX writer and everything. And mm-hmm. so I went over to sat, sit next to him and talk to him. And they're like, oh, excuse me. No. And like, escrow, I'm like, what, what? We're not allowed to wow. talk to him. Yeah. And so they, they like, wouldn't let me. It was weird. And I was like, okay, I guess this is how it is. And like, there was wow. a line in the, in the, there, it was, he was definitely on, on the, we were told that we could not interact with him like that, but I like that he's, um, you know, has a little more of a role in there. I didn't like when he would make comments about like, you know, I, I remember on, on fresh meat, he was like, yeah. And a lot of you guys were getting crazy and hooking up and stuff. And I was like, uh, okay, slut shaming me right now. And that's <laughs> definitely what it felt like. Yeah. And they did not air yeah. that, but I was like, uh, I'll do whatever I want. Thank you very much. Right. Yeah. He's right. I should definitely not hooked up with Vinny. He always sees what I think. He keep, he's got my best interest in mind, really. I feel like TJ might have like an ESP of what's going on without even being there. You know what I mean? They tell him. They tell him. They're like, oh God, guess what happened? Look at this. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. My next follow-up question is a little bit more difficult and is a little bit more stereotypical is the fact of um, to name your, your Mount Rushmore on the the women's side and the male side. So four and four, if you have them. Okay. Um, you can always name yourself too. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm putting myself in there for sure. Fuck. Yeah, you should. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm one of the best. I think oh, only are. because on a final, mm-hmm. what people don't well, or maybe people realize now, this is what I do on the weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like the same, stuff. It's the yeah. same thing we say about Jordan. Yeah. Like, he runs like, triathlons you, on yeah. a Tuesday. Yeah, you, you don't know? want to run a final against Jordan. He does it for I fun. like went mountain biking and did a long ass hike and slept outside in the woods last weekend. So like for real. Side note, how's Colorado so far? Oh my God, it's the best. I love it here so are, much. Are you in Colorado Springs or more towards the like? No, northern? I'm in, I'm right outside Denver. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nice. So we were just up there yeah. last year. Our, our, our buddy got married uh, towards the Fort Collins area. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. But my brother the, lives in Fort Collins. Beautiful. The year before that, we were in Colorado Springs and we mm-hmm. saw the Red Rocks and we stayed you know, at the Broadmoor. Gorgeous. It yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's so insane. just a little side note. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So I would say, Oh, greatest of all time. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. You're Mount Rushmore. I, I mean, obviously you for, for mm-hmm. the women's side. So you got three more there yeah. and then four on the Me, guys. And then I would be like, I would say Cara Maria. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to be like, like you, I think the social aspect of this is so important. Like I want to put certain people on there, but I don't think that they 
are as like, I don't know, trusted or, or they don't have like the social game. It's hard to find like well-balanced Susie. I would put her in there. I think she is the best political player and she is really fucking tough. She's a badass. Has no quit. She never lost. She is so good. And you cannot out argue her. You cannot out debate. It is impossible. (laughs) She will talk. She is so good at that. And she's so smart. I'll pick her any day of the week. Um, I'm going to go Kenny and Evan. Nice. Darrell. I like oh it. yeah. And Jordan. That would be my I guys. That was easy to it. pick guys. Um, yeah. So me, Susie, Cara Maria, and mm, who would I think is the greatest female? Um, I mean, if it weren't for the puzzle that she sucked on in that whatever it was with 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 Ty, I would pick Emily. Right. But it was yeah. just because of the puzzle where it just feels like I, I don't. But she was so good yeah. at everything else, like unbeatable. See, I have I have that strong debate with like in our debate with myself with like Jenny West. I know she only did like two seasons, but she dominated. Oh, yeah. So she, oh, immensely. You know what, her. Yeah, I pick her. She's great. She was okay. okay. amazing. Cool. She was real. And she kicked Johnny's butt. I mean, that was right. Yeah, By like she, 20 yeah. minutes. She yeah. beat Johnny. But go ahead and give her that one. I'll take her. Right. And she's like, I like her. She's my favorite. <laughs> no. But what I like the, the best about her is that the first season that she showed up on, she was like absolutely terrible with math and puzzles. When she came back for her second season, which is the one that she ended up winning, mm-hmm. the first thing she did was just like whoop everybody's ass at math and puzzles. And she was like, I've been sitting at home this whole off season playing puzzle games and practicing yeah, math and working like on my learn. apps and stuff like the fact that she put she saw where. Her, 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 uh, what's weakness. weakness, weakness, thank yeah, you, yeah. where her weakness was. And she actually put the effort in to yeah. fix that. And I, I love that about her. I think Agreed. that's incredible. Yeah. I would go her. I, yeah. I forget about these new ones, the new right. guys, <laughs> but yeah, I think that sounds good. I like, I like it. it. That's I a like solid list. And yeah. you know what? Honestly, to me, you could put Jenny, Emily. I mean, like Emily and Susie are very similar to me because mm-hmm. they're so good. And they, what I think mm-hmm. Susie did four seasons. Emily mm-hmm. did like three seasons two or three yeah you know mm-hmm. and jenny's done two seasons it's like some of these women are just so good but it's not their career it's not what right. their main yeah. passion is so they right. do what they can and leave and and you have to kind of evaluate that and there's not a lot of room on the ch- like i don't i don't think that the female you know goats want to call it, if you want to call it that get the kind of recognition or um platform or they're not hoisted up and, and, and revered and uh, in the same way that these male clients are, it's often when you add on the drama factor, right? Cara Maria, I think had a little more of that because of the, the personal relationships and things that were, Mm -hmm. were, um, you know, kind of tumultuous for lack of a better word in some of the seasons. Well, and I feel like there's there, I think that it's starting to get a little bit different these days, but I, especially back um, in older challenges, I feel like, you know, the men and the women were casted for different reasons. You know, the men were casted to be competitive mm-hmm. and the women were casted to be social, and, yeah. social pretty, yeah. um, you oh. know, look good in a bikini, you yeah. know, start some drama, you know, whatever like that was. And so they're not a lot of the older age, uh, you know, female challengers aren't really looked at as these badass competitors, even mm-hmm. though people like Susie and people like they are. 
Mm-hmm. They really are tough, badass women. Mm-hmm. They just didn't get those kind of edits. And so it's like, it's hard when you sit down and you're like, okay, like the females are always hard to name off. They're always hard. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, it also goes to the difference of the way the show is produced, right? Because mm-hmm. in a lot of the older seasons, it was team format, right? So you didn't get your individual stars unless right. it was someone was way over the top in a group of people that are all over the top, right? Yeah. right. But when you start getting to more partnered and individual mm-hmm. seasons, yeah. that's when you start to see them shine. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Sarah, Susie, mm-hmm. um, Emily, yeah. so on and exactly. so forth. Exactly. I mean, I, I have two questions, one little light one, and then I have our, our ending one. And then, um, I don't, I don't know where Tony went. I think he's, yeah. I think he asked his earlier though. Did you know, I gotta get dinner guys. Yeah, no, no, we're going <laughs> to um, actually, so, I've got nothing else. So okay. go ahead. So, um, my last question that I had, um, actually from a fan, um, she, her name is Steph Marie and she is in love with your curls and she wants to know what you use and how you get your curls so curly and luscious and beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Well, <laughs> anybody who asks that question is usually not prepared for the uh, uh, how long it's going to take me to answer that. <laughs> um, the because it is a long process. The thing I will say is I follow the curly girl method, so I don't um, use any products with silicone in it. I don't use and one of our sponsors is Function of Beauty, and I freaking love their stuff. That stuff changed my hair. So is it okay? I have to know. Is it does really it really good. work? Because yeah, like it does. Tor- it's all I use. I've seen Tori because I, I follow Tori Deal. Um, mm-hmm. I absolutely am in love with her. Um, and she uses it, and it mm-hmm. but it's like, it's always the, you know, the promotional posts and stuff. And so I'm like, okay, but is it really no, that good? Okay. It's good all I, I have never, I have not used another shampoo except my one, like clarifying shampoo that I use like once a month. It's by like the, you know, some brand to like strip everything right. out of your hair. It's like the opposite of what Function Beauty does. Okay. Um, uh, cause you like get a lot of product buildup. But uh, yeah, it's like customizable hair care totally works. And so it's a balance between protein and moisture, understanding how much protein your hair needs and how much, how much moisture your hair needs. And um, I don't color or dye my hair and I don't use any sort of heat products on my hair. And so like no blow dryer, no, nothing like that. And I've been doing that for like three years. And so they, that you have to like really work at it. And um then it's like a big whole long, like million step process <laughs> that starts in the shower and like is so I only do it like once a week. And but you can just Google or uh uh check out like hashtag CGM or curly girl method on um you know wherever social media right. and all that, and it'll give you all the instructions. And I get I and the thing I get is I get a curly haircut. So okay. my, they cut my hair curl curled and they cut each individual curl. See, this nobody's prepared for this answer. That there's it's so long and so ridiculous. I'm so enthralled as a man without hair. It's it's a lot. It's a lot that yeah. goes into it. We'll, so. we'll um I'll I'll make sure that I link some information to the curly girl method. Um yeah. and then I'm also gonna link um the function of beauty. So um I don't know if you guys you said that they're one of your yeah. sponsors. So I don't know if you guys have like codes yeah. or anything. I think you we get you get 20% off or more. Um, with it's either brain candy or brain candy pod, okay. brain candy. That is our code for that. But Perfect. I use that and there's, they're sulfate free. So I get like one that has protein in it and one that is more moisture. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just alternate between the two of those. And, uh, that's, that's, that's the secret. 
I, I love am it. so awesome. enthralled well, gonna... about this because like, I have no hair. So I'm just like, this is amazing. Like, that's a lot of work. Thing, nobody else in my family has, my family has like stick straight hair. They're like, who the wow. heck's hair is this? Right. So, uh, yeah, I had like a grandmother who had curly hair, like her great grandmother and that's it. And so, yeah, you just kind of like take care of it. And yeah, or, just, I love it. It looks different every single day. And so as long as you're good with looking like a crazy person a few days right. a week, you know, love it. great. You'll have good hair two days a week. If we ever get Brad on, I'm asking about his beard care routine. I'm sure you are going to ask Brad about the beard. Um, (laughs) Tony, I I was going to ask Sarah our closing question and and let her get off to getting her dinner. But I just wanted to check with you real quick if you had any last minute before we do our closing question for her. Sure. Um, Again, in a situation, in an ideal world where there is the aftercare of Mm -hmm. reality TV shows, everything like that, we know you can start a fire as per your Instagram. We know you rough it. You got the hiking, you got the endurance, you got everything. Is Survivor at all on your radar as something you'd be interested in doing? Yeah, I think something like I. I, The funny thing is, like, I do these things not on camera because it's like fun. Like I, yeah, I hired a guide and I did like back. I just went out and learned survivalist skills for like a week. And like, I like doing that kind of stuff. So I'm going to do it no matter what, if somebody like, it's like, Oh, let's put you on a TV show. Like I, I mean, maybe down the road, like if maybe my job situation were different, I would have to, again, know like what the aftercare is, what that I think maybe going in after already being on a reality show would give me upper hand and advantage. And I can definitely, yeah, no problem with all those things. Um, It would be fun. (laughs) Yeah. I think your social game would kill on survival. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's kind of why I brought up like, like as soon as they say she's the therapist and they're going to be like, wow, exactly what you thought. She's analyzing me right now. Right. I'm I'm trying to light a fire guys. There was, there was somebody on the most recent season. Somebody on the most recent season was said she was a therapist as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She She made made it it, pretty far. She made it like, yeah, she made it a decent way in. Yeah, she was on yeah. the jury. So yeah. just just yeah. throwing this out there. I don't know if you guys have considered it, but I think you and Susie on Amazing Race would be phenomenal. Oh, my no, gosh. We, Hell yeah. uh, I think we submitted an audition for that when we first got to, when we first did the podcast. We yeah. did. We were when we were brand new. We did. I don't know if it was a tape or if we just filled something out or whatever, because mm-hmm. she I mean, that would be idea. That would be great. I'd be and her husband worked on Amazing Race. He was. Yeah, yeah, I I knew that. Yeah, so <laughs> that would be. So it feels cool. like well, maybe we like no mm, people right. <laughs> I think I think you guys would have fun on something like that. Yes, <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, no, I definitely would. Um, um, go ahead. So anyway, I I like to ask this question to all of our guests, um, and I like to end the show this way. After everything is said and done, obviously the reality TV cameras and lights are already off for you, pretty much. But <laughs> you know, once social media is done and and therapy work is done and all of that. What do you want people to remember about you, Sarah Rice? That I was like the nice person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want people to remember that, that I had integrity, that like I, I didn't lie and that I, I, I am a person of my word and that I am a, like a, 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 yeah, like, like a, just a nice person. Yeah, because I, yeah, I, I really there like, you know, Susie says this on the podcast and like, it's so nice because so validating because like, it's just how I am. I don't think I couldn't do it in the way, but like, I really, my intent, I really try to 
make other people feel good. And I really try, like I want, I genuinely want, oh, it's going to be cry because I'm a therapist. I genuinely want the best for everyone. Yeah. Like totally true. I love it. So I much. love that. I love that so much. And I, I think that that is perfect. It, it definitely is something that I feel, or at least in my experience of watching you, definitely something that I feel has come out of that. And, you know, as somebody who has spent her life with, you know, her nose buried in a book or a puzzle or something like that, I've always kind of related to you. So um, thank you so much for coming oh, on here and giving us some of your time, Absolutely. hanging out with us, being honest, being open. Um, it this is probably my favorite episode so far. I'm Thank you. so grateful. Thank you so much for coming on. You guys asked great questions and I really like the opportunity to share a different side of the challenge with challenge fans just so that we have all the information and we get yes. to hear, yep. you know, different sides of things. Same way you guys want to know what people are like outside of this. Like, right. Yeah. Just, yeah. So thank you. It's it's been an absolute pleasure, and and we'll make sure that we link the Brain Candy podcast. Oh yeah, all that. Um, we will Patreon, also, Patreon, the whole nine. Linked, yeah. And then also, if anyone is looking for an incredibly sincere and heartfelt cameo, reach out to Sarah. That's Seriously. right. I do. Oh I also think if you're like somebody who lives out of state, you know, I'm I I put it out there on social media when I'm looking for new clients, and if you mm -hmm. are somebody who lives in California. Like and you are looking for a therapist, then please reach out. You can go to solutionsoc.com. That is my uh, therapy practice website. Um, but if you are somebody who's just looking for a pep talk and maybe you live in a different state or maybe you just want like, I don't know, somebody like me, not somebody like me, me to uh, uh, send you a little <laughs> message to make you feel better. Cameo yeah. is great for that. So you can like yes. give me a little video of like what you need to hear. I love giving people pep talks. I think that is like my... A, a big part of like the cameos that I do is like, you want to feel better? Tell me what's going on. And I got you. We'll like, I'll do a little cameo, give you a little pep talk. And you just like, listen to that in the morning and get yourself ready. I yeah. love that. I'm, low, low price of 36 99 or something like that. Right? It is a steal. <laughs> cheaper than therapy. It is. Steal. It and is a steal. I'm going to be honest. See, I talk a lot. So you get your money's worth. <laughs> I got Karina a cameo because we record our 50th episode from Sarah and yeah. let her know. And she, uh, I mentioned one thing about editing and Sarah ran with it and it was a great cameo. Yeah. Phenomenal. So I recommend it. Thank you so it. much. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Thank we you thank you so much for your time. We really do appreciate it. If Susie is ever interested in joining right. us, we would love to have her as well. <laughs> I will let her know. I'm like, don't worry. It was not that bad. We did not <laughs> talk about things that we we're like, we don't want to talk about. So Yeah, no, no. we try not to yes. do that. This was just an extension of a lot of what we talk about on the show. So it was really great. There's, Absolutely. There's plenty of podcasts that talk about the the uncomfortable stuff. So yes. <laughs> no, but, but we, yeah. we truly do appreciate your time, Sarah, immensely. We will let you go to your dinner. Yes. We know it's getting late over there, but thank you once again for your time. All right. Thank you guys. Have a good one. You, you too. Bye. See ya. Oh my God, you guys. You almost cried. I did. I did start crying. I had to like stop them and I have to stop them again. It's okay. You can cry. We're in a safe cry. place. I don't Let it go. Let it go. Let uh, it go. We're in the circle <clears throat> of trust. You're a fool. I mean, the circle of trust where like, you know. <laughs> A few hundred people, people listen. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that wow. was, that oh was my a great, God. great interview. Um, I like that we kind of had a, it was challenge related, but it was not about the challenge at all. It yep. was really about, like Her. we said in the beginning, it was about Sarah 
and the things that she enjoys, the things that are important to her, what she's working on, and to give her the opportunity to explain even further the need for aftercare for reality TV contestants, I think was a very, very important theme that needs to be put out there more and more. Yeah, I agree. I agree so much. This is literally... Like the the minute that Sarah said yes that she would come on to the cha- on I'm sorry not onto the challenge onto the challenge fandom podcast that is um, the minute she said that yes she would come on and talk with us I immediately was like I don't like yes I care about your challenge career but I don't that's not what I want to focus on with her I want to talk yep. to her about mental health in reality TV because that's something that as a fan for a long time I've always been curious about because. You know, I'm I'm big on mental health and stuff out, obviously, just in my normal, regular life. Um, but seeing some of the things, and obviously, and I mentioned this to her, my experience comes from a fan side. And I see how fans can affect, you know, challengers, mental health and stuff like that. And so it always it intrigued me what it's like to be in that house and what it's like to come out of that house. And, and you know, after spending, you know... 30, 60, 90 days, whatever it is in this confined environment with just these 20 or 30 people. And depending on your situation in the house, you know, you might come out of that feeling great. You might come come out of that feeling okay. You might come out of that absolutely just torn down, you know, and I touched on that a little bit when I talked about, you know, um, how the game might be set up with, you know, where people get voted in. And so these big alliances just continually target this one person over and over and over again. And that can be emotionally and mentally draining and damaging and so I am I I knew that this was the direction that I wanted the interview to go in but I never expected that we would be able to dive this deep with Sarah and that she would be this this open to talking about everything I am I'm just I I'm at a loss of words right now like I'm so blown away by everything that happens and everything that is so misunderstood within the fan base on how this stuff works with reality TV. Even just my initial misconception about, you know, um, reality shows like Survivor and, and the challenge and stuff providing psychologists versus like what she said, that not being the same thing as, you know, um, a cast member being able to see a therapist. And, right. you know, what these psychologists, what their true purpose is behind this, because that was a view that I didn't even think of, you know, I'm, I'm just, like I said, I'm, I'm really at a loss of words right now. And so I'm just like mumble bumbling around. Um, I, I just, it was incredible. It was an, it was an incredible interview. I don't even want to call it an interview. It was, it was a great discussion. Oh yeah. And, and, and that's the thing is like, you can tell that Sarah naturally enjoys talking and enjoys, um, you know, communicating with people and i think that's more than apparent with what her job is as well Mm -hmm. um you know and her ability to want to communicate those things and take the time and you know it was a phenomenal conversation i'm glad we we were able to touch on everything that we were yeah and i mean it goes beyond just being like a a, one of my favorite in quote unquote interviews in all honesty like all cards on the table it's probably one of the best and most rewarding conversations that I've had are yes. none yes. like outside of the con- outside of the podcast, outside of everything else, just as far as like an actual conversation with another human being or several, right. Probably one of the best that I have been a part of. Yeah. And, and that's my thing is it's like, you know, obviously I, I enjoy every single one of our interviews. I enjoy meeting all of these people 
you know, we don't, the thing is, is that I don't think that a lot of the listeners understand that, like, we don't necessarily just walk out here and just, you know, for lack of a better word, just throw wet spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. We go after certain people that we want to talk to, that we want to know more about. And yes, we are open to talking to everybody because we try to keep an open mind. And like Rick had said at the beginning of the episode, you know, we try to remember that this is an edited TV show and what we are shown in these edits doesn't necessarily always portray how that person may actually be. But there are certain people that we go hard after because we love them. And Sarah was one of those that we worked for a long time to try to get her attention and try to get her on here. And it's just, it, it wasn't, it didn't go how I envisioned it going. It went even better. And we have these experiences with certain people that we bring on where I feel like they almost kind of force us out of our comfort zone. It it happened on our Cyrus interview. You know, he, Tony, he called you out and kind of pushed you out (laughs) of your comfort zone. And I feel like with Sarah, it it was the same thing because I learned something. I learned things from talking to her. And I think that that I love learning. So I know that that is just something that always, you know, pulls me in is if somebody can teach me something, I'm going to, you know, really respect and remember that. But it was just it was an experience that I knew I wanted from Sarah, but I wasn't sure if we would get and I got it you know, triple fold. So I'm just, I'm so grateful that she was able to come on, spend as much time as she did with us. Um, I did not expect her to, you know, sit here and uh, sit with us for two and a half hours. So that was incredible. And, you know, she's just, she's got such a fun energy. She's such a fun person. I can definitely understand like how her and it's, it, you hear her and Susie on the Brain Candy podcast, right? And she's exactly on there like she is on here. And it's so, like, it was so cool to listen to her talk about, like, their dynamic and understand that the dynamic that we hear on their podcast is real and is authentic. And to see her come over here with that same energy, that same, it's just, it tells me that Sarah is Sarah, whether you like Sarah or not, Sarah is Sarah, and that's all she's ever going to be. And I really, really respect that because when you're in the public eye like that, or you're a therapist like that, or you have a job like that, or you have a podcast like this or whatever, like it's easy to fall into, you know, social norms or things like that. But Sarah's just Sarah. And I I love her. I just love her. I'm going to stop rambling now. Sorry, guys. No, it's all good. I I mean, I don't think I can say anything more than what's already been said about Sarah and what she said herself over the last two and a half hours. So um, I'm going to wrap it up unless you guys have anything else you want to add. No, I mean, I think the only other thing is it's funny that she was talking about the the shift between excitement and fear because and I told this to Karina earlier on today when we figured out that we were going to be interviewing Sarah. I actually started listening to even more episodes of Brain Candy than I already was versus going back and watching old seasons because I was more interested in what she's doing now than what what I've already seen. Right. Um, So from listening to like I basically overloaded my circuits with Brain Candy um, as a result. So because of that, I was used to the conversational tone and I was used to the cadence and everything like that. So when we actually had the conversation, I was much less in my own head about it yes. because it was like an extension of the podcast that I just spent the last like week listening to in addition to what I already listened to of it. 
Right. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Well, as much as I hate to say goodbye to this episode, like I don't, I kind yeah, of don't want to let go of it, but I know I have to let yeah. you guys go, but we got to let it go. Cause we got to release it. <sighs> I know. Oh my gosh. Mm. All right. Yes. We got to get it. Got to get it to the fandom. That's yeah. my, that's my motivation. I can't save this m- amazingness for myself. So no. you may close out. Only one caveat. We have to make sure that this releases after Susie's birthday. After Susie's birthday. I know, right? I got to find out when Susie's birthday screw this is. Up. <laughs> yeah, when's Susie's birthday? Fuck. <laughs> I got to look that up. <laughs> Don't use the wiki. Ask Sarah. Got, yeah. right, the wiki guys. doesn't even know where people live. <laughs> yeah, good point. It is pretty good about their um, about their birthdays, though. I have noticed that. It's just hometowns that they're terrible at. Well, but I am definitely going to find that out. Well, <laughs> while Karina's looking at birthdays, I'm going to go ahead and uh, close this out for myself, Ricky Hayes, my beautiful wife. Karina Hayes, the one and only, one and only, one and only, one and only Tony. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> the one and only Tony. I listened to way too much Brain Candy Lance. We want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode with Sarah Rice as much as we enjoyed having this conversation with her. Uh, we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you get an opportunity to rate us five stars, do it. If you don't want to rate us five stars, just don't rate us at all. Yeah. We love you, though. Have a great day. There is no such thing as too much brain candy. Bye. Bye. Bye.